And welcome back to episode 93 of the Unpaid and Underrated Podcast. We are a podcast by crew for crew. I'm one of your hosts, Big Keith. I'm here, as always, by my co-host here, Big Joey. Yo. And we are joined this week by a special guest crew, Big Justin. Why, hello there. Hello, boys. It is a Thursday. I am thirsty. I'm gonna drop. Well, actually, no. I'm gonna I'm gonna hop right into my drink this week. As a uh, I picked up a, a variety pack of hop water. So this week I'm gonna go with a classic. I'm not sure if this one's supposed to just be like taste like water or if it's gonna taste really hoppy. I don't know. Hop water. I don't know how to feel about that. Ooh, that's that's different. It tastes like a pine tree, and it literally says crisp, citrusy, and piney. I like this the least. I do not. I do not like classic hop water. That is a that is a an avoid. But it's 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 drinkable. What about you, Justin? You got anything good over there this week? Well, I have. I'm an absolute basic person, so I have a Mountain Dew Zero Major Melon in my official unofficial heavy cup. Ooh, nice. <laughs> the Massonomics heavy cup. Yeah, the Massonomics heavy cup. The one that we're all waiting for. <laughs> no, what was that? That was so a, a, a Mountain Dew Zero Mega Major Melon. melon. So it's like a Major? watermelon, watermelon yeah. essence Mountain Dew Zero. Well, it kind of it kind of tastes like um like if you melted a uh, Jolly Rancher and kind of just mixed it with a little bit extra water. Okay. Nope, okay, I'm in. That sounds awesome. At first, yeah, I was like, no, is, that sounds terrible, but like that sounds great. It is very good. The problem with where I live is it's very hard to find anything that's not regular Diet Dew or Dew Zero. So all the cool flavors don't exist. I got lucky. I was at a work conference and I was like up by Chicago and I found a bunch of it. So I may have spent way too much money on soda. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, that candy watermelon flavor. That's good stuff, right? Like, oh, like I love real watermelon, but that candy watermelon, you either love it or you don't. Like my, my wife hates it. She can't stand it. And I'm just like, then give it to me. Like, give me all of your candy watermelon flavors. Yeah. Um, I have a new one, of course, because Morgan has opted to surprise me every week with some <laughs> fucking healthy stuff. So this is um, bubbled in Canada, which tells me it's like not Canadian water. That's insane. All right. So this is called Love Bite. Tart, pink grapefruit, and a cheeky hint of ginger with earthy juniper. Now, here's the thing. I love juniper. Love juniper as a flavor, as a smell, all of that. So let's see if this sucks. Because last week it sucked. Yeah, you weren't happy last week. <laughs> what is juniper? I I don't think I know would know it if I smelled it. Um, it's an evergreen plant. Okay, so it's a it's a shrub. It has blueberries. Okay. Uh, it is the main ingredient in gin. So it is really, the, yeah, it is the main uh, flavor profile of most gins. Interesting. Which is why gin is a northern drink, right? Because that's where the junipers grow. Um, oh, the smell the smell is very earthy it's very um it, it's just like it just is juniper like i i can smell it right now not because i'm drinking it but because it's one of my favorite scent profiles uh this is weird this is very weird i'm definitely getting everything it says i'm getting the bite of the ginger the aftertaste of the juniper and then like when you breathe out the ginger is still up my nose so i'm gonna finish this because this is great good work morgan <laughs> I'm taking these orange glasses off. Fuck that. 
Yeah, I've 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 got the the lighter ones on this week. I specifically brought them into my car because like I really do like just have that 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 you know because I'm in a blue room and it's just the computer's blue and it's just like it's too much fucking blue. So these definitely come in a clutch. Uh, but I want to you know do a shout out to Morgan for you for always kind of knowing what night you podcast on as a uh, kind of a uh, para. Uh, what's what's the opposite? What's the uh, what's what's the word for opposite? I guess uh, antonym. Outer. Bizarro. Yeah, I guess. Uh, whereas, like, my wife, I tell her, like, I preemptively tell her, you know, tomorrow's Thursday, I'm recording tomorrow. Yep, I remember uh, that afternoon, you know, I'm recording tonight, right? And then, like, a half hour before the podcast, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, get ready for the podcast. She's like, what? Like, God damn it. <laughs> what podcast? When did you bad. start a podcast, Keith? Yeah. It just makes me feel bad because, like, I know, I, like, my voice carries. We're in a thousand square foot house. I obviously keep her up. Like, you know, maybe she sleeps for a little bit of the two hours that we're here, but probably not. So it's like, God damn it. It just makes me feel bad. It's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I hope, hope you didn't want to go to bed until midnight tonight. <laughs> See, I'm all the way out. Like, the way our house is set up is my bedrooms are on one end. The garage is on the other end. And the garage is so dang small, I can't even fit my Prius in here and open up both doors. So I just turned it into the gym. So I can do everything. Like, I can, I've dropped 600 pound deadlifts out here and she hasn't even noticed it in the computer room halfway across the house. So it's like, I feel like I have a safe spot out here. Yeah, that's a good call. A little- can't beat that. Uh, well, in the safe spot, you do have some, uh, I mean, it's good that you're in a safe spot because you kind of have a little, uh, you know, illegal shirt on, you know, that's a little con- oh, contraband. So oh, he has a sought it's, after it's, shirt that has yeah. been mentioned oh, on yes. like every episode that everybody's <laughs> like, we ask so, everybody a question. Yeah. Do you want to tell the world what you're, <laughs> tell, t- tell the world what you're wearing tonight? Well, my overall fit here, I'm starting with one of the, the pinnacles of the Massonomics uh, shirt collection, the official Yeah Buddy Lightweight shirt. So this thing right now, I can't wear it in public. I don't want Ronnie Coleman coming after me. <laughs> you can outrun him. To, well, yeah. To match it. Wow. <laughs> for you guys, I've got my pizza pants on for you two, specifically. And to go with it, this was a late edition, okay? So for Christmas, I was dressed as Santa for my concert. So I had to get red shoes of some sort and i have gigantic feet so what did i happen to find <laughs> the last <laughs> pair of size 15 oh nice of the of the ersonomics that a boy so you were, uh... and i am babying these things because they were the last ones in size 15 and i had to size down from size 16 just so i could get a pair <laughs> but uh these are like my special shoes i don't nice. love the high top barefoots um, I think that's just a, a realization I had to come to because I got a pair for Christmas and that's the only reason I didn't get the ergonomics. Um, but now that the, the crimson Kabuki ones are back out, I'm fucking yeah. tempted. But I may tell you I'm tempted because those are pretty. Well, your, your, your dislike of them. Is it the, all of them or is it just like, for me, I have the canvas ones. I wear them to school every once in a while, whenever I don't feel like wearing other shoes. and. I just don't like the canvas. I like these suede ones in high top. They feel like they're more giving. And I don't like, I, I sweat a little bit more in them because, you know, they're mm. not breathable. I just don't like that canvas feel. I just don't like putting them on. I don't like, I don't like, oh, like trying yeah. to stick my, like untying them all the way to the bottom and loosening them. And like, <laughs> I like the low tops because you're just like, you slide your foot in. Maybe you got a shoe spotter. 
right? Like, yeah. or a shoehorn or whatever you, whatever normies call them. Yeah, uh, it's a shoe spotter. I'm thinking, like, is that like a drink? Is that, is that where you put your shoe in your drink spotter light? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, it's a shoe spotter. That's a... No, I know what a shoehorn is. I get yeah. the, you know, to where they don't, uh, you know. I so, gotcha. yeah, personally, yeah, I didn't get those, but yeah, those kabuki are, are nice and pretty. I mentioned on uh, when they announced them, I didn't even tag them, but I was like, I want these, but I want Chris's. I know he's hoarding them. <laughs> and and Duffin actually responded. I didn't even have to tag him. He's like, I have been. I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> That's funny. The last two years at the Arnold, when I've seen Chris Duffin somewhere and I stopped to say hi, I'm always like, hey, I'm a teacher. I look kind of goofy wearing moccasins to school. And I don't really fit in the, I can wear boots to school and fit it either. So can you make some middle ground? Can you give me some like Ursa's with a soul? Because like if I'm running around on concrete chasing kids, I don't want to rip those soles off, those the thin ones. And mm-hmm. I don't want to wear gigantic boots because I'm a shorts year round guy. I don't want to wear boots and shorts and, you know, look like I'm some park ranger or something. <laughs> <laughs> Working for Jurassic Park up here. Yeah. <laughs> well, they are cargo shorts. The only shorts you should wear besides shorts. Oh, that's all I wear is cargo shorts. I have uh, my I have cargo shorts and cargo pants, and my cargo shorts are exactly like my cargo pants, which is short version. So, <laughs> so I never have to like you know. So, like my my wallet goes in the same pocket, my AirPods go in the same pocket. You know everything. It's uh, it's got a home. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'm rock- I, I wear five inch seams, cotton, silkies, maybe. I don't. Yeah, but, but you also have the fanny pack, whereas I'm not wearing a fanny. Pack, I have so. multiple fanny packs. Like mm-hmm. I have more fanny packs than most people. I've got like a NXT W like WWE Championship one. That um, Big Eddie was the, uh, he was the um, muse for that one. I've got the Tim Biebs one. I've got the Massonomics one. Uh, yeah. So many. They're so handy. Uh, I'm rocking out the Jefferson deadlift shirt tonight and my, uh, some, some orange shades. Uh, nobody is shocked about the orange shades. <laughs> we are aware that this is you now. I never actually accepted that we were recording. I better should I should probably go hit OK up here, huh? There Are you kidding go. me? <laughs> no, I hope I didn't fuck anything up. Oh, really I hope you did. I hope the entire um, beginning is just me and oh God, and man. and Minnie just pretending to talk to you. Oh, this is the best! I can't oh, wait for that. To, Mike doesn't work for thirty-two uh, episodes, and then he make me so mad. That. <laughs> uh, that'll suck so bad unless i didn't say too much except the fucking whole intro but we'll oh sorry. that's fantastic so we'll just... welcome to episode <laughs> <laughs> people are like what who is they talking to that's great great <laughs> oh my god i think all right. right uh i'm wearing the uh this well it's cold in my house so i'm wearing the sweater i bought at the arnold which was the last time i got to hang out with justin um uh-huh. And underneath, I have the Orca Mob shirt from Big Mike Fanwick, who we've been trying to get on the podcast, but apparently he just can't get the schedules to work. He's down. Masonomics is down. But I guess Mike is in bed by like seven o'clock our time, and he just can't like record late at night. <laughs> so. Well, he's got he's to take a big a page out of uh, our, our buddy, uh, Big was it Welsh Matt, uh, who's actually literally going to take a day off of work to do some house. Directly. I think he's taking a week off of work, but he strategically did it on a week that we can record with him a Thursday night. So he can, because it's like, I don't know the time difference. We're not big math on that uh, whole figure that out, but I know it's like <laughs> way, way, way not where he could do it during a, a regular business day. So he literally is taking a day off essentially to be on our podcast. That's what I'm going to tell people. God, yeah. If, he, if he's Welsh, that'd be like, yeah, it'd be like three thirty, four thirty in the morning. God, is that a real time? Does that exist? 
I haven't seen it since I was in my 20s. I'll tell you that. (laughs) I'll I'll see it when I get up for work sometimes. That's about it. I don't see it. I I, I see it the the day of, not the night before. (laughs) Um, So today was the big drop. The big drop. Yeah. All kinds of of new stuff came out today. Uh, I know Joey uh, had had an order number. So what did you pick up? Uh, The socks. Right. Because I like my black and red socks, but some black and gray socks, those are going out socks. Right. Like those are. Those are fancy socks. Um, picked up the Powerlifter record holder shirt that um, I didn't get the first time around. Uh, now, the thing about being Canadian is I did not pick up the chicken bake shirt because nobody up here would understand it. There's mm-hmm. like, no, yeah, I don't see that. We don't have chicken bakes here in Canada, so nobody would understand that. And it would be a waste of, of my money. And I'm always willing to like spend money on a joke that is funny to me, but I feel like that that wouldn't be funny enough to me mm-hmm. having to constantly explain what a chicken bake is. Uh, there was the hat or the beanie or the toque. We call them up T- here. Toboggan as I call them. And I just throw, I throw people off when I say that because that's like people, it's I guess real. consider that a sled. And I always consider it is a, sled. a hat. I get it, but I've never known it was a sled. It was a hat to me. It was a beanie. Until I moved to New York, and they're like, "What the fuck are you talking about at the ball?" And I'm like, "Oh, that's what I called it my entire life." So, it is what it is. And the last one was the uh, the powerlifter record holder, the flag, uh, flag. Yeah, the 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 flag. Yeah, still, uh, still no pursuit of strength flag. No, no, mm-hmm. no, no. Big Joey can go f himself. <laughs> uh, so I, I guess I didn't because I, I I thought you had a typo when you had said you bought the shirt and I was like, did you mean the flag? So they they released the flag and then they re-released the shirt. Is that yeah? They restocked the shirt. Uh, okay, okay, okay. And I just didn't yeah, get so it yeah, the first restocked. time it was around. Gotcha. I didn't register. They restocked it. So that's good. That's cool to know. No, I don't have any more room for for like random flags. Right. I actually had to take one down because we moved all the plants from outside into the basement. So if I'm going to get one, it's got to be one I desperately really want. And that is the pursuit of strength one. Yeah, I think I think going forward, I'm pretty much a banner only guy. Um, I actually have probably DM Tanner if there's any specific ones I want made into banners, if we can like figure that out specifically, because I don't know, like every time I put a, a, a flag, just don't stick to my wall very well. And then anytime I'm like have a fan on them down here, they like the, fl- the flags come off the wall easier and quicker than a, a banner does like a vinyl banner. So I'm probably not going to be picking up any flags anytime soon uh, compared to what I already have. But yeah, I didn't, uh, I didn't partake in, in this drop yet. Um, you know, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm gonna get the chicken bake shirt. It's so niche. Like I'm already so niche that like, do I, it's like same, like e- even though we have chicken bakes, like I'm gonna have to explain that shirt and I have to talk to people. I don't want to talk to people about my shirt. Like, I don't know. It's funny. It really is. I get it. I just, I don't know. I, I think it'll do well. I just, I don't know that I'm a buyer, but you know, we'll, we'll, once everyone starts getting their feedback, once they get it and we can figure out what size blankets on, uh, you know, which, which one that they chose out of all the uh, millions of options of blanks that they get presented with from the uh, distributor, you know, then I might be able to make a decision. It's the same blank. <laughs> we love you, Tanner. Yeah. Like I, I was looking at that and I'm, and I, I'm in an unfortunate position when it comes to buying clothes from anywhere being that uh i am a very large person um like large enough that two years ago i took a picture with dan bell and then i went back and i looked at that picture and i realized i'm like three inches taller than dan bell and (laughs) i looked significantly fatter than him and i was like well so i usually don't fit in the socks anywhere because i have Mm -hmm. size 15 size 16 feet hats are tough too because i got a big old fat head 
like whenever I needed a motorcycle helmet, I had to like go through four different companies to find a company that can make one for me back in the day. So I was like, no, I guess no, I don't know if I have to try the hat on. I'll have to try the hat on first before I, I love hats. I have a collection of hats and um, I just got to wait to try it on. I guess the chicken bake shirt though, this is a big rub for me. Okay, guys, as much as I hear that red Robin does not exist. I have never once seen a Costco (laughs) and I live in the Midwest. So I'm not sure they exist. I've seen more red Robins than I have seen Costco's. I've never been in a red Robin, but I've also never been in a Costco. So Well, I, at the same I can, time, I can assure you Costco exists. Okay. But I mean, Canadian Costco? Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I might be there a lot. <laughs> <laughs> now, we around here, we got Sam's Club. We give all of our money to another faceless organization. They're the same organization. And, and, well, technically, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> they still have the giant hot dogs. And I love the hot dogs. So I've never seen a Costco chicken bacon person. As far as I know, it's all just AI generated images. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Taylor Swift. Uh, <laughs> <that blew> <laughs> um, my, I think crazy. the biggest thing I took away from that was that you've been past Red Robins and never chose to go in, and you're bigger than Dan Bell. How's how's that happened? Have you never well, had Red Robin? Red Robin's decent. I have been by it, but I'm the kind of person that. I will spend good money on good food. But if I go past a place that advertises as we sell burgers (laughs) and I'm like, yeah. And so does McDonald's and I can get like six McDoubles for the price of your burger. And I'm Um, like, yeah, I I have, I've never been the kind of person that would want to go to like a Ruth Chris and spend $180 on a steak when I can go to Texas roadhouse and get a reasonable steak. That's not great, but it's not awful. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the couple times I've had like eighty dollar, hundred dollar steaks, I'm like, this sucks. Like, this is this isn't good. Like, I don't know. So I definitely relate to that. Uh, but yeah, no, Red Robin is. I don't know. Like, you have to go out with family and stuff. So it's like, I don't do. I do. I go to Red Robin by myself. No, do I? Uh, you know, my wife and I go to Red Robin maybe once a year. Like, if her parents want to go out to eat with us, and there's one kind of like right in between where we live and where they live, it's like one of like the three restaurants that we pick to go to because like everyone can find something they want there kind of and no one like gets pissy yeah but i i where, where our red robin is nearby where i grew up was uh right next to a five guys when i first looked oh, yeah. down there and i'm looking at it and i'm going five guys or red robin okay and that's that when i decided that I hate, that's, that's gonna be another controversial thing i hate uh, five guys Ooh. i went in there i got two double cheeseburgers and fries and this was like 2007 that's a lot of food and it was like $26 back then. And I went, is this better than any other place I've been to? No. Is it way greasier? Yeah, pretty much. Because I mean, I walked out to my car to eat in the car because it was full inside. By the time I got to the car, my fries were already cold. And I was so sad because I had been hyped up on those fries for years. Hmm. And I just never went back. It was like that. With, like you get crossed once and you're like, nope, never do it again. All right, I, I take everything. Well, okay, so I don't. I, I was trying to convince you to try a Red Robin. At this point, I, I'd rather convince you to try Five Guys again, as in, like, as a grown, as, as a, a more of an adult that actually like go go when they're not so busy and you can sit there. Like, I don't know. Like, I like I've I didn't I haven't experienced Five Guys until like maybe three years ago, two years ago, and I was like, ooh, this is where's it been all my life? Like, yeah, but it's basically like it's better fast food. It's like cost twenty percent more, but it's just less. I don't know, less shitty clientele. I guess I don't know. We've got one up here called Burger Priest. 
they're out of Toronto. Pretty awesome. Yeah, they're out of Toronto and they spread out uh, around uh, and then they're they're pretty damn delicious. I think it's like our version of Five Guys. There's a couple Five Guys up here, but I've never been because when I want a hamburger, I'm going to like not a fast food place. Like I'm going to a burger place. Um, so can't really say that. Burger Priest has a really funny one where um, somebody left a negative review about not getting enough napkins. So the owner of Burger Priest did the Allen Iverson. What are we talking about? Napkins? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about the burger or the fries. We're talking about napkins. He did the entire. Was that Allen Iverson? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, uh, yes, it was him. But like, yeah, 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 that did the practice. Yeah, I was thinking of Jim Jim Moore because Jim Moore did playoffs playoffs. But yeah, Allen Iverson did practice. Yeah. So he did the entire practice speech, but napkins in response to this person's review. That's and funny. then I was like, you're getting money at some point from me. That's the funniest <laughs> thing I've ever seen. All right, well, <laughs> well, my, my, my segue is a little bit late now, but speaking of five guys, let's go ahead and rate last week's episode since it was uh, two hosts and three guests. So uh, five. That's really good. It was. It would have been so much better if like the most recent thing we said was five guys. So I had to. No, no. I, either way, that's that was a really good segue and joke. I'm glad you it finally was. hit record. I'm glad you joined us. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> uh, yeah, just, just, just smell like popcorn over there, Joey. I think it's uh, so, so last week's episode, it was, uh, you know, the t- two crew and the crew adjacent gentlemen uh, that had partaken in the week of chicken bake challenge. Like, I still can't. I can't believe they got not not one but three people to do that like i couldn't do that to my body it would hurt so bad like i i couldn't take a like i think who was it who was it, it wasn't grayson no it, it was the guy that i who, who what was the non-crew's name i can't remember that guy's name but uh he was the one that just kept talking about like not having like simple sugars and like fruit and stuff i was mm-hmm. like yeah like i like the the lack of her like i i can definitely eat the same thing like i literally fucking cold chicken every day as everyone always knows and jokes about but like I got to have something different for breakfast. I got to have something different for dinner. Like I can't eat the same thing three day, three times a day for seven days. I would have, I would think I would have had, I would have had an issue. I would have taken time of work off. Cause I would have been like super <laughs> on edge. Like I would have told customers to go fuck themselves or something. Cause I would have been like, so like a sugar deprived. Okay. So what's your uh, but, rating? Yeah. So, so all in all, yeah, uh, obviously I can kind of, uh, basically the, uh, we can kind of combine it because the YouTube video was essentially just like s- clips of the podcast. So that was, um, you know, basically this will be a, a combo of both of those hitting on them. So, you know, since I really don't love chicken bakes as much as everybody else, I think I might have to, Oh, what am I going to give it this week? Uh, I think I was talking about the five massonomics jam iPod touches, but only because, you know, there was some crew involved in the episode. What about you, Minnie? Well, since I don't know if the chicken bakes are real, that's a, that's a tough that's a tough start. But some like being willing to put your body at the whim of a uh, something that gets served wrapped in foil from a mass grocery store, you got to give them some props though. It's like it's like being the first monkey in space, except there's three of them, <laughs> and they all made it back. None of them burned up, so that's good. And normally, the way I would rate Massonomics podcast is entirely based on how many people are on the podcast. So with Tommy Tanner and a guest, it's only a three. But I'd say this week, because there were three guests, that has to make it a five. It has nice. to be a five. Love it. Love it. That's a good rating. We'll, we'll get a big, big big Kevin to add that score to the spreadsheet this week. Um, I did not get to the YouTube video because uh, I was trying desperately to nap before recording today. Because as we all know, I am tired of shit. 
but I did get to listen to last week's episode. I really want to give them big ups, right? Like, like big ups to Massonomics for doing what we did over the past five episodes in one episode by talking about three people's poops compared to us talking about one person's poop per episode. So just from the general, how many poops did you talk about per episode? They beat us. Yeah. They, they beat us. Um, so that's going to get them five massonomics iPod touches. And it's a good one. That's uh, I, I did enjoy, like I didn't catch the video because uh, usually I'll, 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 I'll listen live on Sunday or I'll listen to it as soon as it drops Sunday. I just like, why I'm, you know, just playing video games or something, but uh, I wasn't able to this week. So I didn't actually see what they were wearing on the episode until like t- t- today's YouTube. And I'm like, Oh, they were both wearing brown shirts. I just got to, so I got to chuckle to them both wearing brown shirts and then talking about shit for two hours. So I got a kick out of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also um, when they were talking about the new YouTube videos, potentially including crew, no, oh, yeah, and I was like, that. "Oh, stealing our stuff again!" I was totally <laughs> kidding, but I think you could kind of hear Tanner get frustrated that he couldn't, like, yeah. he couldn't tell us more because he, like, as soon as I said it, like, I could, I could kind of see him go, mm, like, Joey was like, "I want to defend against that, but if I do, I'll tell you everything." Like, I thought that was really funny. I was kidding. I don't. That's what we're here for, right? Like, yeah, yeah. we are crew. We are unpaid interns. We give them content. That's that's fine. But I thought that was really funny just to see him do. Like, I wish I could tell you more to defend myself. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I felt that they 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 played that really close to the chest. Uh, they didn't they didn't make any you know they didn't tell us shit when we did the live recording. Yeah, uh, there was like nothing. They didn't. Well, they gave us the socks. No, mm. was it the socks? Did it? Yep. Oh, they gave, they gave us the socks and the beanie, but then they like really built the other two up to be like, you know, huge things. I was like, I mean, they were still pretty cool, but I was just like, oh, I don't know. I was, uh, oh no, I really enjoyed it. But they usually they 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 do tease us a little bit more, and I, you know, it, like have it like blurred in the background, kind of or something. But they just they didn't. Uh, I don't know. They're they're playing their hand closer to their chest this year. I made that joke in the Discord during the recording. When I was like, uh, Tanner's like, oh, we're going to reveal the drop and then revealed nothing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then they, they I mean, be, what, yeah. what if you go back like four or five podcasts and they've just been sneaking in like little tiny snippets <laughs> here and there, like half a word. You got to put it all together like it's some uh, conspiracy theory. It's, it's possible. I, I don't I don't have another 12 hours to go back and listen to last <laughs> month's episodes currently, but maybe maybe someone does. Um, we had some mole. We had, you know, we had we had we had the two moles uh, un uh, unveiled this week. So it was that it was big Jeff and then big. Uh, uh, I was just talking to him a second ago. What the heck is this? One of the uh, one of the Lukes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the Lukes. Which I don't think I've had much conversation with him prior. Well, even like I just I was like I I, I know that guy, but I can't I can't like <laughs> I don't know. He wasn't as familiar as I thought. I guess I was like, oh, okay, that guy. Yes, yeah. I know that guy. Uh, but I'm not, I didn't, did we, did we get context on that? I mean, other than, well, like, yeah, Jeff is clearly like, you know, he talked about chicken bakes on our, but I honestly think that like, did we, did Jeff, did Jeff and our podcast kick off chicken bakes? Like the whole no, thing? He did it in discord first. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. I want to say he did it in the discord first and then it was onto our podcast and then gotcha. kind of blew up from there. But yeah, so, so Jeff, Jeff, Jeff got an early shirt. I'm not sure. I don't think we got the story of what hand Luke played, uh, what uh, cool hand Luke was doing to, to you know, get that shirt uh, preemptively. But uh, maybe we'll uh, get him on as a future guest and hear all about that. Yeah. Uh, big shout out to the real mole, though, is Big Eddie. Yes. Did you see the story I posted today? Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> is this the real mole? <laughs> yeah. It's just like, I, I still think like so many people like probably have no clue what Eddie looks like, like his actual face. So then it's just like, I bet half the people that saw that image are like, I don't know who that is. I'm like, yeah, that's half, yeah. that makes that, it half. That makes that it more Elvis? funny. Yeah. <laughs> that even makes it funnier. So did you watch the Royal Rumble this week? Well, what do you mean? Week, I guess. What do you mean? I had I had the live thread I going. Like... Well, I, duh. Yeah. So, it, okay. So, Joey, you watched the Royal Rumble this week. Are, there, mm-hmm. are you happy with how I phrased that? Yeah. Like, duh. I opened the thread and it was live <laughs> chatting the entire time. Like, yeah. I watched it. I watched uh, I watched a good bit of it. Um, I haven't watched it. I haven't. Because was that like, so how long has Peacock been doing the pay-per-views for free? Is that like a very new thing? I didn't know they were doing it for free, so you must. Oh yeah, that's right. You're, you're you're on Canada stuff, yeah. so I, I don't think that's completely. So so I was able to watch. I don't know if it's a newish thing or if it was the first one, but I haven't seen a. a I don't think I've ever seen a pay per view royal uh, a pay per view WWE event ever in my life. So except uh, I think when I was a kid, it, I think pay per view used to be like channel ninety nine or ninety eight or something, and you could like mm. watch it blurry if you had your TV tuned right. And then so I think I might have. I think I might have listened when I was like super into wrestling as like a ten year old. I would put it on that channel and just like have it on the background and listen to the matches but i couldn't really watch them because they were so blurry uh but so uh yeah i watched the, the, the i watched the, the the whole females rumble and i think i ended up well, yeah i watched the two matches in the middle and i ended up falling asleep during yeah. the males royal rumble i actually didn't i don't think i knew who won until a couple days later when i went back and watched it like on fast forward and was like okay <laughs> No, um, Royal Rumble is the the best event of the year for WWE, in my opinion, because that's when the most surprises happen. Um, Then this year, the women's Royal Rumble was far superior to the men's. Uh, We had Naomi returning. We had uh, Jordan Grace from the TNA champion showing up. Jade Cargill showing up. Uh, Jade Cargill is the epitome of muscle mommy, if anybody ever wants to look that up. The pure crush on Jade Cargill, for sure. So, like, I think that was a definitely a better, except for the winner. I don't think we really needed a main eventer to win again. I think we we really need to start giving the Royal Rumble back to some of the mid carters and and the new entrants. Um, Logan Paul is a fantastic wrestler. Why I love watching him wrestle. It is ridiculous how good he is at this, considering he's an outsider. Roddy Piper would hate me for saying it, but he is really good mm-hmm. at this. Is it because he's a pure athlete? Because like he really is like a year, like a year or two into it. Yeah, uh, but I mean, sometimes like you can be an athlete all you want. You can jump off the rope, jump through the ropes, or or land a clothesline. But if you can't tell a story during a match, you're useless. That makes sense. And he's so good at the facial expressions and the and you know his first match. Um, he did. Um, he, I think it was versus Rey Mysterio, and he did a suplex. Basic move. And rather than let Ray go, he paused. And then when he paused, it was so obvious he was about to do Eddie Guerrero's move. In that little tiny pause. And the crowd blew up before he even moved. And that is how good Logan Paul is at that. Like he's just he just has that little thing in him that that he can just you're watching him and he's like. Like, how do you know to do that? Like, this is stuff that people who have been doing this for years don't know how to do. So, yeah, he's just an interesting... He's a great watch. Um, the three-way match was stupid. Don't care. Um, and the men's Royal Rumble. Yeah, Cody won. Great. N- nobody saw that coming. <laughs> like, we all saw that coming. I think the Rumbles are hard. 
they're harder to like make look real if you will because like you there's a script and you have to go over the top rope but like mm-hmm. if you don't if your body isn't in the right position versus versus like you know slamming someone down and pinning them is pretty cut and dry in comparison yeah. to like trying to get someone over a rope and require you know you're relying on a little bit of luck on like how your body kind of tumbles when you're in you know when you're going over a rope or something so uh some of those were just like you can tell they're just like waiting to kind of just like roll off yeah but, uh, yeah there's a, there's definitely some terrible bails I think Goldust, despite being one of my favorite wrestlers, has the most infamous terrible bail where somebody like clotheslined him from halfway across the ring and then he just ran and jumped over the side like it was terrible. <laughs> That's funny. Um, but I mean, yeah, you're right. It's 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 hard to do that kind of stuff. But so you're pretty much relying on the script and the winners and who sees who at this at the time. So and I, I I don't want to beat a dead horse talking about the Vince McMahon stuff, but I'm only I'm only gonna I'm basically only gonna bring it up because like I heard about him talk about it on the Let's Get Stupid, and Huck literally like was reading verbatim some of the text, and it was the, the most vol- the literally some of the most like I'm a very vulgar person, and this shit was making me like oh wow wow I can't I don't want to hear this like I don't I literally yeah. don't want to hear this, so I I don't want to actually necessarily talk about it. It was just more of a. a Harkening back to the, you know, just Huck Finn in general, because he was on their guest, he was on their episode a couple weeks ago, and it's just like, wow. Wait, they had Vince McMahon on there? No, 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 no. Huck was reading the some of the text correspondence, like just the. Oh, sexual, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't the, even look at that shit. No, no. Oh no, no they're no, no. Like, oh my like, god. BBC Let. this and third input that, and I was just like, oh wow. It, it's, yeah. it's some of that. It's some of that stuff that you would that you only read about when you were like little on the internet for the first time and people go hey check out this link and you're like what is this oh my god yeah it's like some faces of death shit yeah, yeah. he he sh- he was out the first time first time alligator. and like he's known he's a known piece of shit there's um and i don't want to i'm not going to tarnish anybody it's not my intention here but they, they do this thing where they go and they entertain the troops across over there over in afghanistan and iraq and stuff like that well they did that one year and one of the female wrestlers was gang raped Jeez. Uh, and essentially Vince hushed it because he didn't want to ruin his, their relationship with the military because of course it was troops that did it to her. Right. So she ended up killing herself. She's gone now. And it's like, nobody believes Vince McMahon is a good person. Sorry. Nobody believes that. So the first time the allegations came out and he stepped down, he should have stayed gone. Then he came back. Because I'm Vince McMahon, I own this company, I do whatever the fuck I want. But this time, um, Slim Jim threatened to leave. And they threatened to, this is the rumor, Slim Jim threatened to pull. You know what? It's him or us now. And that was finally the thing that was like, ousted from the board. Right? Like when all the sponsors opted to pull out at that rate. So, true, he did what he did for wrestling, but let's never fool ourselves that he was a good person. One thing I found weird, like I said, that was the first time I had watched wrestling in years. Like the, I don't, I don't know if I just missed it, but there, I didn't see in a single like WWE logo on anything. It was all sponsor shit. Yeah, like the whole the whole ring, like every the, the 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 side skirts of everything. Like there was no, like like the last I think it was like early you know early two thousands, probably literally the last time I watched anything. And it was just like WWE raw in your face, just like let's put our logo on everything. It's like oh that that's not what they do anymore. So yeah, yep. So anyway, we we have this game we like to play. Uh, yeah. Oh, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, no. I just it's we talk about wrestling quite a bit, and I, I don't know if people knew that kind of stuff. But no, like, the story about that young woman is very heartbreaking and very disheartening. I heard that and before. fucking about the human race, basically. Yeah, he's he's not a good person, then. 
That's why we love massonomics because I should never go down here. Absolutely. <laughs> well, do you want to, uh, big Justin? Speaking I know we we're kind of that's a segue, there, but yeah, let's, uh, <laughs> we want to you want to cheer us up with something a little uh, less less sad. Hit us hit us a little massonomics sponsor read, please. All right, so ladies and gentlemen out there, as a Midwestern man. I can tell you there are two things that makes a Midwestern man. Number one, you're probably going to be bald. And number two, you're probably going to have a beard. Damn it. And if you're going to be bald, this wind that comes across the Midwest can be biting on top of this cold head. So I would like to introduce you to your savior, the Massonomics Hats. <laughs> now, the Massonomics Hats, they come in many various colors, such as... Real tree camo and camo, but not real tree. Mm-hmm. At least that's what my collection is. With such colors as blaze orange and white logos. But boy, do they keep the cold wind off your head whenever you're walking through Columbus, Ohio at the Arnold. They keep the cold wind off my head whenever the breeze is blowing through our flat as a pancake state of Illinois. And also, I mean, the women, they just look at you. They look at you different when you got a real tree hat on in the Midwest. So I highly recommend you go out and buy a hat today because it's like like a shoe before your head. <laughs> nice, nice. Well done. Well done. Well, I think we're going we're gonna to kick all these looky lures off and see if we can't get our guest, Big Justin, on the horn. Is that you, buddy? Justin, are you there? Yeah, that's me. Hey, welcome to the Unpaid and Underrated Podcast. How are you doing? It's good to see you, man. I haven't uh, haven't seen you since the Arnold in 2023. It's been damn near yeah, a talking about 11 and a half months. Yeah, almost 11 months on a dot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, 11 right months, there? yeah. Yeah, gosh. Doing well here. How are you doing way out there in the East Coast? We're good. We're good, man. I, I, I'm actually I'm glad you n- dropped where you were from because I was like... I don't know where he lives. Like I, I could probably, I could probably tell you where like eighty. Well, at least I, I could probably tell you where like the majority of crew I've talked to live. I couldn't finger where where you're from. So, uh, whereabouts in Chicago? Or well, in Illinois, like in well, I guess in reference to Chicago, it's probably the only place I know. <laughs> you just did it. You did the thing. Everybody does it forever. Oh yeah. You can you can always tell where someone's from if they're not from the Midwest. <laughs> and you say you're from Illinois, they go, "Oh, you're from Chicago." <laughs> I was actually I, am... I was actually more impressed with Illinois. <laughs> I, I was just like, "That's not how you say that." You said <laughs> Illinois. I'd say, and just to mess with people, I'd say Illinois. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, I mean, that's... as as a person whose uh, family is French heritage, I avoid it. My mm. name, my last name is very French. And then they go, Hey, this is America. We're going to put every damn syllable in this word. Mm-hmm. So that's how, that's how I do my French around here. I was just teaching kids how to read French from Claude Debussy today. And I was like, here's how you read it in horrible Midwestern translation. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I am. If you're in Illinois, so Illinois is a long state with a pointy bottom. I am down towards the bottom, and I'm kind of in this geographical anomaly where I am about an hour and a half from Paducah, Kentucky, an hour and a half from Evansville, Indiana, an hour and a half from Cape Girardeau, Missouri, and an hour and a half from St. Louis. So I'm an hour and a half from anything that's useful, and the rest of it's all like towns of 20,000 or fewer. So not a lot, but close enough to be somewhere, but also far enough that it's annoying to get there. Makes sense. Um before we get into anything else here, I'm going to follow up real quick. So you said you're an hour and a half from uh, somewhere in uh, Indiana. Uh, where are you uh, in relation to French Lick? Oh, I think French Lick is about 
three hour drive. Okay. So I was looking at it the other day, eyeballing the drive. If it's only last three year, hours, I almost, oh, I almost drove up there. Come on, man. For a home gym con, code unpaid, save, save you a little bit on your ticket. Come hang out with me, big, big Joey, not, not big, big, big American Joey. Uh, <laughs> Other big, one of the, one of, Other one, one of the mats, big Kurt Locker. Uh, I'm thinking about getting out there this year. It's just last year was hard for me because at least right for one time, day, man. It, it, I think they're on a full Friday and a full Saturday this year, whereas last yeah. year it was like a Saturday and like half a Sunday, and it was kind of a shit show. So, a full Friday, full or a full Friday or a full Saturday, come out, have some fun, man. Three hours. I I implore you. I mean, <laughs> it it is a blast. Uh, yeah, it really, really is a blast, and I think it's worth it. I I I think I I recommend it. But you do you, brother. But three hours away, I'd kill to be three hours away from shit that I'm spending a thousand dollars to fly to. <laughs> well, last year was a little tough because I wanted to come, but uh, by the time I realized when it was happening and I actually paid attention to what it was happening, it was like a week out, and so mm. my fiance's schedule is a week ahead, so she was already scheduled. So I would have had. To, I was I was sitting there going, man, she has a car, I have a car, I could just drive out on Saturday. But then I said, by the time I get there, it'll be about noonish because knowing me, I don't leave before nine most of the time. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I left to get back, it'd be like nine o'clock. So I said, maybe we'll, we'll look at next year. And also last year was tough too, because about that time of year, I was getting ready for my spring concert. And I had just put in my uh, notice that I was leaving my old job to move to a new job. So I was like in the middle of packing everything up. And it mm-hmm. didn't, didn't dawn on me until too late. This year, I've already had... Uh, Fiance, look at it and say, "Hey, can you give me the night off Friday and all day Saturday, and we'll try to get a hotel room somewhere, probably like Jasper or something." That would be awesome, man. If you make it out, I would. I'd love to have a beer with you and you shoot the shit. And I yeah, think it, there's definitely like this is the year to go. Last year there was only like like ten vendors. This year there's like forty. Uh, I saw there's, there's easily going to be a few hundred people there versus like there was maybe a couple hundred people total last year, including vendors. So. This year is going to be legit like 10. It's going to be exponentially better and larger than it was last year, as as, as Tanner would put it, exponentially. Uh, but, okay, en- enough sidetracking here. Uh, first question, what brought you to Massonomics? I want to hear your Massonomics origin story, you know, why you're here, who, who brought you in, first episode, all that good stuff. So, weirdly enough, I had um, – so, I'm like 38 right now. When I started lifting, I was 32. I only started lifting because I graduated college and got out to get a job being a band teacher. And I realized I could not keep up with the marching band kids while we're marching. And so I said, if I can't tell them I can do it, I'm not going to make them do it. Mm -hmm. So I had to go lose some weight. I uh, went on keto like every person who goes on the internet and and try to figure out what the best way to lose weight is. Lost 100 pounds. And then I was like, man, I feel awful all the time. I'm just going to slowly add some carbs back and start. You know, I heard about this thing where you can lift heavy and kind of eat a little more, whatever you want. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do some five by five and five, three, one and all that stuff and got into powerlifting. And it was about a year later after I got into powerlifting, I gained all that weight back, gained back up to 400 pounds again. But this time it was like less bulging out of every shirt you're in. And then um, I was talking with a a friend of mine, now a friend of mine back then, just barely an acquaintance, uh, Ben Rice. If you guys know who Ben Rice is, Ben Rice is an old school powerlifter. He's been lifting for 20 years since he was like 10. He um, He's a younger guy, though. He's only like 30 now, 33. And a couple years ago, he you might have heard of him because in 2019, he went to the Arnold and he beat Ray Williams 
in the uh, powerlifting competition by uh, whatever points they were using back then. And that was the year he did the 1,080 squat. So mm-hmm. I was talking with uh, with Ben about going to see him at the Arnold. And he, because Ben streams, Ben's a Twitch streamer. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to this thing called the Arnold. I go, what the heck is that? He's like, oh, it's like a big convention for weightlifting. I was like, oh, shit. I don't know what this stuff is. I don't know anybody in lifting except for him. I'm going to go see this. So Rachel and I drive out there. We start walking around. And this year, whenever you walk in the arena, way off on the right-hand side over by like where last year they had the um, Highland Games stuff, there was a little corner. And in that corner, I walk around the corner and I see a uh, a little person headbutting a rather red bald man with sleeve cut off shirt that says, uh, you know, something about okay bye on it. See him getting headbutted in the groin by a little person. And I go, interesting. And I walk down that aisle and who do I see but two large gentlemen standing by a little booth with signs that says Massonomics. And to this day, Tanner still remembers what I was wearing the day I first saw them because I was wearing an A7 uh, Brandon Campbell hoodie. He will still remember that. Way better memory than I could have. And I was looking at their shirts and I was like, oh man, these are kind of good. I want to get one. And I got the, uh, oh God, which one was it? I was trying to find it earlier and it was one of the ones that's gone now. It was the the Huge Life. Okay. The Huge Life shirt. And it was a 4XL. And that's the first thing, the first thing they said to me and I got it, they said, we love selling 4XLs to people. You're the biggest billboards we got. <laughs> and so we walk walking around with the big 4X shirt on the next day, walk down the hall, and the guy's like, hey, across the hall. I mean, that was the first time I ever met him. And I went, that's you awesome. know what? I'm gonna go figure out. I was just, I mean, I was a I'm an idiot. Like I on a computer all the time, never figured out how to use social media. So I got on Instagram and I was like, oh, this massonomics. And I always see these memes pop up. So I followed them there and I met them first, followed them on Instagram next. Then I went, oh, they have a podcast. I started listening to the podcast in like 2019. So that was where it all started. Then we were set to come to the Arnold in 2020. And the day we were set to leave, I was walking out the door and I saw a notice that the, uh, the governor said they were going to arrest anybody that went into the Arnold. And I went, oh, guess we're not going to the Arnold. And it wasn't, and it wasn't until a little bit after that I saw I signed up on the uh, like when I, it was probably right before twenty gosh twenty two right before the Arnold I signed up on the I realized they had the uh, the Discord and I went oh I should uh, I should get a membership and that's whenever they posted up hey anyone willing to help out the booth come out and help come out and help and been going back ever since can't can't get can't get rid of me now unless they boot me out that might be the most organic like massonomic story i've ever heard like the like the most literally just met two dudes and like (laughs) bought their shit and then like started following a little later like i love that that's that's a great story uh now when you started listening to the podcast the you know did you just start writing them right where the new episode was and just kind of stay up to date or did you do any did you need a back catalog deep diving or anything well, at the time, I mentioned I was always on computers. I'm a, a really bad, addictive gamer when it comes to stuff. So at the time, I was playing a game called Elite Dangerous, where it's kind of like, you ever see those games where people drive semi-trucks around? Imagine that, but in space. Mm. Like, 
the whole day you would be on there just like driving to a station, figuring out, going on a website, figuring out what is selling best, pick it up, drive somewhere else. And it might be an hour to drive there in a spaceship. So I just throw podcasts on. So I would start going backwards from where I was and caught up a little bit. I didn't get all the way back to the beginning, but I probably got to about like the eighties or so. And then ended up falling off the podcast wagon again for a bit. Then I was like, Oh God, I got like, like 20 to catch up on. That's like a couple of days worth of just sitting at a computer. So I'm catching back up and I fall off again. And then just like a wave, you know, you're always going back and forth. It is. Uh, I, I do feel it's kind of nice to binge them though. Like if you, if you do have like a four hour window or a six hour window and you can listen to episodes back to back to back like that, that like harkens back to when I did go through the backlog. It's just kind of like if I'm like painting or something like I can literally listen to like six episodes in a fucking day, uh, you know, whereas uh, yeah. just 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 the one episode, just two, two hours every seven days is kind of sometimes not enough. So I can't I can't do that at all. I will listen to sometimes I will listen to half an episode before I have to like stop and put on music or something but that's just me i i listen to people talk for a living so sometimes people talking to me on purpose gets to be too much granted that all happened for me during like the middle it's like that was like a month i basically found myself a month into being furloughed from work that should end up lasting like eight months so to me it was kind of perfect like i just basically like you know found friends (laughs) in my they're friends for your ears but uh all right, so just uh, Justin, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody? We kind of—I know I've called you many a couple times—and uh, just uh, where are people going to find you on Instagram or Discord or wherever you want they find you, and you know your name and all that stuff. Yeah, I'm uh, Justin. My I go by Mini. Um, if you look at me, look for me on Instagram. It's at Mini Action Jesus. Where I am most well known, surprisingly, is Twitch.tv slash slash Miniature Action Jesus. I stream. 99% weightlifting, although I've been injured for a few months, so I haven't even been in the gym at all. And I would stream gaming every once in a while, but I usually stream games that people don't care about. Like I literally play Euro Truck Sim, or lately it's been a huge binge of World of Warships. And uh, whenever I stream lifting, I, I've been really, really lucky in the last few years that, um, you know, have a, there's a dedicated group of lifters on Twitch. There's tons of lifters on Twitch. And I tell everybody, if you like lifting at all, there are calisthenics lifters. There are bodybuilders. There are power lifters. There are strong men. There are crossfitters. There are people doing kettlebell stuff, everything, everything you can find on Twitch. There is somebody there who can answer questions, who's willing to talk, who's looking for someone to talk. I'm a, I am a guy sitting in a one car garage right now. Most of my interaction with other people is me sitting in a one-car garage having a one-sided voice conversation with people typing to me and this is like the most interaction i have in a gym ever because i don't go to public gyms i have this gym and I'm, i look around and i go i've got six thousand dollars in bars do i need to go to a golds no <laughs> but yeah it's which it's great uh what i got really lucky with a couple of years ago and uh my friend pete over at sbd he last year at the arnold he kind of it was the first time I've really felt embarrassed in a long time. I'm, I'm a kindergarten teacher, so we don't feel embarrassed too much. But um, when I walked up and I'm talking with Pete, who is uh, one of the one of the the big shot American guys at SBD, and he introduces me. I cannot remember their names for the life of me. To two international, high level, like lower weight class powerlifters, and he's like, "Yeah, this guy right here. He he did." Uh, worlds this year and he got second in worlds and this guy right here he has the world record squat for his weight class and then he goes to me and goes 
This guy right here, Manny, he's been in the top two most viewed powerlifting meets ever. And I was like, oh, shucks. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, we, um, for those of you who may be into gaming at all, if you ever heard of a man named Tyler One, Tyler One, he is uh, a little short, no-haired guy, pretty muscly, pretty muscly guy, plays League of Legends, and he's known for like just going off screaming on his streams. He is big into lifting. He convinced Twitch to start a online powerlifting competition where people would stream from their home. You would get drafted into teams and you would compete for totals and you would get points by your total. And whoever won, I mean, they get they paid out cash. Legit, Ben told me that when he won the Arnold, he won his weight class and he won the overall and got paid less than streaming from his home gym on one of these Twitch meets. Mm. And so they the first time they were testing things out, it was going okay. The second time they got a bit lot bigger of a production and they invited me. And I got I was so hyped for that. I took a day off work. I came in, came out here in this garage in like August and we lifted and my team won. And then the second time, the third third match, they invited me back a third time. And this time it was even bigger and fancy. I mean, at one point we had a hundred thousand people watching the stream. Jesus. And, um, you know, I'm just out here being a fat guy in a garage, picking up weights, the same thing I would normally do to 12 people or a hundred people. And I have a hundred thousand people watching me all spamming like League of Legends memes at me. And I'm like, whatever. <laughs> and, you know, had a really good day. Ended up being the two time Twitch Rivals winner. The only person who's won more is Ben because Ben is a freak of nature. He's a. Uh, He's a, a hundred one oh five kilo lifter who has squatted like seven fifty, benched four hundred, and deadlifted eight hundred. So in the Twitch world, he is kind of like the freak, and I've been lucky enough to be on his team every time. <laughs> that's a that's awesome. A hundred you're blowing me away with a hundred thousand. Like like I've watched some of like the biggest production powerlifting live streams in the world, and they're like like I'm like three thousand people watching them or something, you know. You got you, know, yeah. you got nothing. Hundred k now is Twitch full? Are there a bunch of bots on Twitch? There's those like legit hundred. There can be, there can be a lot of bots, but this is also like split. I mean, like uh, so Tyler he rebroadcasts on his channel. His channel, I mean, I don't know if he's on now, but uh, let me see if if he has numbers because every, every time I look at his numbers, it's disgusting. <laughs> but some of these people, like he'll be streaming to like forty five thousand people. Jeez. just doing whatever That's and then crazy. it was on the front page of twitch so like when you loaded up twitch and they show you the things we recommend it was the number one thing they recommend kind of like whenever they do a big tournament for Fortnite, and that big tournament is huge it's on the same page as their big tournaments for Fortnite. It's on the twitch rivals page mm. so everyone who subscribed to that to watch Fortnite and call of duty and everything like that now is seeing a powerlifting competition they're all coming in like what the heck is this and uh they had um Cheryl Haywood, who was an Olympic competitive lifter, she was an announcer the second and third time, which was really cool because the announcer that they had was a great shoutcaster for games. And he lifts too, but he's not, you know, as familiar with how powerlifting worked. And Cheryl, even though she's an Olympic lifter, she understands the movements. She would demonstrate them, talk about, you know, form stuff while we're looking at the reviews of everything and give a lot of insight into it. So they, they've really been stepping it up as they go. I just keep hoping they keep making more because every time they do, we get so many more new streamers coming into, into uh fitness and health community on Twitch. And it's just huge. That's awesome, man. I I've been on Twitch a few times. I think, uh, 
I think Angelo and uh, Steve would used to do live. They would actually live stream their podcast on Twitch, but I don't think they've they've done that in forever. Um, I've not seen them on in a long time. Because he would, yeah, they would they would post the like a link in their Instagram story. I think that it was that they were streaming over there. I go and would catch that periodically. Other than that, I think I've maybe watched a couple powerlifting meets on Twitch. Uh, it's just it's harder because it's it's not an like if I, for me like if I want to watch a powerlifting if I want to watch a live stream on a powerlifting meet. I don't want it to be something I can, well, I guess now I can cash it from my phone a lot easier than I could a few years ago, I guess. But like, you know, I don't want to have to like HDMI from my laptop into my TV or something. I just want to be able to go to YouTube and fucking click on the live stream. But like, you know, but uh, there might be some people that actually don't know what Twitch is. Do you want to do like a 90 second kind of, uh, I know Scans probably has no clue what Twitch is because apparently oh, yeah. is old, you know, so give give yeah. the world the, the 90 seconds. What is Twitch and compare it to maybe something? So Twitch.tv, like compare it to youtube youtube you have videos that are up you have some people you can live stream on youtube a lot of people do that now uh twitch was kind of the original streaming site it started out as justin.tv about a guy who wanted to stream like his day-to-day life walking around doing stuff and it evolved into people wanting to play games so then they split justin tv and twitch tv twitch was for games justin tv was for real life streaming then Justin TV went away, it became all Twitch, it got bought out by Amazon. So Amazon has funded mm-hmm. it all now. But it has everything. I mean, like, I'm just I'm looking through my list now of people I'm subscribed to. I have people who are sewing on stream, people who are building keyboards, uh, people who are uh attractive people wearing swimming suits and hot tubs, uh, people who are lifting weights, people playing video games. Pretty much, if you want to do something and show somebody else it right now, Twitch was like the originator of that idea. That's pretty cool. I'm, I'm glad you found it. It sounds like you, like, it sounds like, you know, Twitch is kind of right up there, maybe even exceeding your, uh, your Mastodonics world. Like, like you basically, you found your friends, you know, on, you know, on the internet. Uh, other than meeting Ben at the Arnold, have you been able to meet any of the other, like, your Twitch buddies, you know, in real life or anything? Like, 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 like you have the Mastodonics guys? Yeah, actually, a couple. Uh, they have a thing called TwitchCon, which is you know everyone wants to go to TwitchCon. Who's on Twitch? Okay. It's kind of like your Comic Con, whatever. But they have uh, you know sessions where people will come out and talk about things streaming wise. They'll have the famous people there for meet and greets, people making stuff to sell, everything. But it's usually in like San Diego, and we in Illinois. It's a little bit of a travel. Mm-hmm. And a couple of years ago, I convinced uh, my fiance that we should go. And I talked to one of the guys that I stream with. Actually, probably the guy who got me into the Twitch Rivals meets was his name is Joe. He's, his stream is Average Joe's underscore OC. He's a powerlifter, lifts in his um, home gym in like Los Angeles area. And he said, "Hey, you want to come to TwitchCon?" I said, "Yeah." He goes, "Well, if you come out to come out, fly in out here by me, I'll pick you up. You can stay at our house. We'll drive down to San Diego the next day." And we ended up getting an Airbnb with like. Oh, 10 other streamers and we all went to TwitchCon and we all went to the convention but you know being that I don't drink being that I uh I'm a school teacher so I got off work at 3 p.m drove to my dad's house by the airport slept there overnight got up at 3 a.m to go and got out there and now I'm two hours behind and I'm trying to maintain my sleep schedule because mm-hmm. Tuesday whenever we go back to school I have to be back on a 6 a.m sleep schedule so I didn't do any of the partying or anything, but everyone else was having a pretty good time doing it. Um, but yeah, we decide. I, I keep telling all the friends, and I go, hey, TwitchCon is great. It's not aimed at us. TwitchCon is aimed at the people who want to go watch Rocket League video game tournaments or Super Smash Brothers kind of stuff. And I said, okay, what you need to do is you all need to come to the Arnold. 
So this year I've actually got about another 12, 15 streamers who are coming to the Arnold to meet us all. And so that'll be fun because I told them the Arnold is basically TwitchCon for lifting. If you like lifting more than you like watching people play video games, then the Arnold is where to go. So we're going to have a squad showing up out there. I told them all to come by the Massonomics booth. I'll I'll, I'll catch them there because it's an easy enough spot. Which, by the way, uh, booth 205. <laughs> well, you guys could just take over because I hear the booth across from Massonomics is empty. It is. We, so you guys we, just, just set up a camera, sit at a table. Y'all, yeah, y'all throw I know. A hundred bucks in, you know, you you, you, you get you get your ten thousand dollar booth for the weekend. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah. I'll be swinging by, right? I'll be, <laughs> I'll be doing some content. No Twitch oh, yeah. stuff, but well, that's awesome, man. I'm, like I said, I'm I'm glad you found your people. Uh, I'm glad you're. I'm kind of you're. I'm glad you're a little diversified too. You know, you're not. You know, you can you can buy into be really deep into a few different niches. I I kind of feel like that's I've done that the last few years, and it's kind of nice to just be like, all right, I'm I'm part of a, a few different crazy things here. But uh, let's see. One thing I want to get to talk, talk about here is uh, you guys went and hung out and worked out with Jen Thompson. I want to hear that story pretty quick. What, what oh, do you yeah, like that that has sounded that sounds like fun. I think everyone will know who Jen Thompson is. Hopefully. Yeah, Jen used to Twitch stream. And so okay. what, what what they kind of did, though, was Jen, she kind of had a, a webcam up in the corner of the gym, and it was almost like um, just kind of there. And you could type and talk, and occasionally, if they remembered, they would check, because they weren't used to Twitch streaming either. They were just doing it because they heard it was a, you know, a new way to reach out to people. And they weren't used to, like, you know, keeping up with chat kind of stuff. So I would hang out in there, just watching. And I'd, you know, chime in here and there. And eventually she started realized that I was typing to him and she would start talking. And so I'd ask her questions. She'd answer my questions, started talking about all kinds of stuff. And one day she said, Hey, you know what? If you're ever out in North Carolina, you need to let me know. And this was like COVID time. So I had been let go from my teaching job because who needs a band teacher whenever you can't breathe in school without a mask on. <laughs> and so um, I'm sitting there at home and I'm like, man, it's like the fall of COVID. And, you know, I shouldn't be going anywhere. Right. And I and I I talked I talked to my fiance and I said, you know, Jen said we should come out. You know, we have all this time. I wonder if it'd be okay to come out. And so I messaged her one day and I said, and, she, and her husband, her husband, if you don't know, Donovan Thompson is also an incredible power lifter, but also a uh, ER doctor. And he uh I she goes, Oh yeah, I'll be fine. I go, I mean, with all the stuff happening, do should should we bother coming out? And she goes, Oh no. On. Yeah, everything going on. Donovan said, "No, I'm not too worried about it. I'm going to get it either way." <laughs> and so I said, "Okay." So I said, "If, if the uh, if the, like the 20 time world champion asked you to come out to her house to lift, I'm, uh, I'm going to take her up on it." Yeah. So we we picked up a night, drove up, dropped the kid off at the grandparents because he was doing remote learning school. He could do it anywhere. I said, "All right." Drove down to North uh, North Carolina. Got a bench session in with her. Got a squat session with her. And I'll tell you what. If you've never seen Jen Thompson in person or her husband in person, they are both about the same height. <laughs> and if you've ever seen Jen Thompson in person, she is like 5'6". Maybe, yeah, 5'6", five, 5'5". Five, five. So I'm 6'6". Six, six. And her husband tried to spot me while squatting. And he comes walking up behind me <laughs> like he's going to back spot me. And I go, yeah, I don't know about the cool. To, to be honest, he had a reason though. I, I somehow tweaked my back sleeping like the week before and it was hurt such pain. I could not walk upright, pushing a shopping cart in a store. So I hobble into their house 
just like bent over like an old man, get my shoes on, get everything on, go to squat and unrack like 405. And as soon as the weird thing was, as soon as weight got on my back, the back pain went away. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I'm mm-hmm. like hobbling over, getting set, pick up 405. And just do like a set of five, and he goes, "Oh shit, I guess I don't need to spot you." And so we just kind of went up from there to where we wherever we ended up that day. Jim uh, tried to get me to bench three fifteen for the first time, and I failed miserably. It was one of those like, you know, commit Sudoku moments because you just failed three fifteen in front of the person who could get you to three fifteen if anyone could. Mm-hmm. But then a few months later, I hit it in a competition, and the first thing she did was she messaged me and goes, "I knew you're going to get it." Oh, I love Jim; <laughs> she's so positive. That's awesome, man. That was a that was a nice heartwarming story. I'm glad we got that. That's a that's a fun thing. Like the moment you get weight on your, I've noticed that. So like, we we've complained. I have complained about hypertrophy a few times. Hyper hypertrophies. Um, I've complained about it a few times because like I don't think I love it, but like I really want to do it anyway. And I noticed that if I have DOMS from squatting, deadlifting makes them go away. <laughs> so like funny? so i'll squat on the monday and i'll still be dying on the wednesday and i'm like i'm like my my abductors my hamstrings are all on fire and then the juggernaut will be like yeah you're deadlifting today and i'll just be like mm, this isn't gonna go well <laughs> and then i deadlift and i'm just like this is the best keep going and i'll just like keep, like this week i was in so much pain also doing the ab wheel murdered me and then um <clears throat> juggernaut wanted me to do 360 pounds for five uh for um on three inch block pulls it's not a lot to you guys but to me like that's a ton of weight right especially you know i'm old i ended up doing 355 instead because my shoulder was going to pop out but i did six reps oh nice and i was just nice. like this is the best i ended up I ended up doing a grizzly scream <laughs> <laughs> well no like like Kapulik, Kapulik, whatever his name is and morgan i guess she came down to the basement because i scared her because she started like yelling for me to see if i was okay and i wasn't answering because my music was blasting and all the blood was in my legs <laughs> but that was but it was just i'm just saying like it's just funny how you like you're so sore and then suddenly the weight goes up and you're like no i'm okay now it's war with the bar keith it's, yeah, that's that's yeah. where I was getting at. It's all war with the bar. Yes, sir. Uh, so will there be a lot of us in July going to war with the bar? Uh, are you going to make it out to to Aberdeen there, Justin? Yeah, actually, I'm going to be out there. I was going to try to lift, but then I had an idea, little little idea there. I remember last year watching the meet, and um, for those of you who watched the the lift hard live easy classic last year, you may have noticed there was no sound. Yeah. I'll- and the reason there was no sound is because YouTube is very litigious. You, YouTube, if you have any copywritten audio, they just shut it off or shut you off. So if you don't shut the audio off, you're in a bit of a problem. So it everything goes the way I hope it will. I asked Tanner if they would like some help with the stream setup. And now I'm getting trying to get stuff sorted out to come out and stream it like pack up all my computer, all of my ridiculous amount of uh, cameras. So like for, for you two guys, since you have the camera, you know, I've got a DSLR, a DSLR, a DSLR, Jesus. a DSLR. 
Two of which I made a bad choice and I bought like Netflix quality cinema cameras just because I thought it'd be funny because my friends get mad whenever I spend money on stupid things. So I may have <laughs> bought a $5,000 camera and uh, and I was oh, like, wow. hey, hey, uh, this camera over here. Yeah, I got a camera. I got a camera that is uh, that is on a so wireless he's... rig so I can move it wherever. And the whole thing is transmission. Oh. I'm like, yeah, we can do some fun stuff in a meet with that, maybe. Yeah, he's basically, uh, as he's talking, he, he, he's, you know, he's clicking and showing us like 20 different angles of his gym. So, <laughs> and they're all in like, like, like 4k. So that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Keep in mind, this is a gym that's 10 by 20 and I've got four wide angle lens cameras in here because if you don't have wide angle lens, you can't get me in frame. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to, uh, we're planning on coming out. I think right now we have it set up. We're going to leave early cause it's, uh, I'm not a flyer. I am, uh, a little too girthy for most airplanes and a little too broke <laughs> for most business class. So we're driving the Prius out. Uh, we're going to stop about halfway day one, make it up to Aberdeen day two. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> You're in a Prius. So the Prius is more roomy than the airplane. Tell me about that. I have all my life driven small Japanese cars. Like my first car that I that was my car was a two-door Honda Civic hatchback. And I swear to God, to this day, as long as you don't buy like a Toyota Corolla, like if you look at the side of a car and it's a four-door and the front doors and the back doors are like square-shaped, I will not buy it. But if they're like the longer front doors, like the old Hondas had, it's so much room to get in and out of. They have a ridiculous amount of space. Like my Prius now, I have a Prius station wagon, the Prius V. And I can put kick my seat all the way back. And at one point I had my dad who is six two behind me comfortably in the back seat. And like I feel like I have so much room. My fiance has a, a Corolla and I get an at and I feel like the guy in the Simpsons in the little car. It's funny, I'm exactly sending Keith that picture right now and telling him to meme this. Yeah, there he is getting the notification. That's what I was playing with the whole time, was sending him the tall guy in the little car meme and being like, meme, meme idea for this. Are you laughing at my automobile? This is uh, the yeah. only automobile I, I could the, afford. To crop your face in that for next week. It'll be good stuff. That's so if funny, you brought that- it up. That'll be cool. I'm, I'm glad. So you think it'll be there Thursday night or Friday night or what do you think? Saturday? I think well, we're, we're planning. I'm planning on trying to get there Thursday because I want to get there because I'm I'm literally like when I say I'm packing stuff up in the garage here. When I, inside, I built a really stupid computer, like, you know, the kind every gamer has to have where everything lights up, everything from the fans to the power cables light up a rainbow mm-hmm. of colors. And then I built the exact same computer with a no lights for the garage because I needed something that could handle this. And I've got, I'm going to pack that up, pack my monitors up, pack four, all the cameras up. Cause I don't know exactly how we're going to, how I want, how we're going to try setting it up yet, but I know we're going to have swappable cameras. So we'll, I, I, I'd like to have it where if there's two platforms, you have a big screen of one platform, an inset of another platform, and you can swap them back and forth as lifters come up or as things happen. Um, I don't know if we're going to have an announcer table or if we're just going to put a mic on Gino and have, cause I have those, those wireless lobs I was showing you earlier. I got those lav mics. And the reason I, I want to mention it to them was because if you have a desktop that has a good video card, they have this software that eats audio. Like, I don't know if you realize right now I have a big ass fan 
just blasting in the garage. It sounds like if you had a like an air conditioner running in here, just humming like a big outdoor air conditioner. But it kills the sound, so I'm hoping we can use that to kill the audio of the, the, of audio, the music. The audio is perfect right now. Yeah, I'm hoping we can use that to kill the music audio, so we can keep announcer audio for the for. Because I mean, let's be honest, Gino is like three quarters of most powerlifting meets entertainment, mm-hmm. and then you have the flames at the end of the deadlifts. So Gino plus fire is going to be even better. Well, there's so, also talk of like entrances. I think for a third, yes. like, like WWE style entrances. I've already got my music picked out. It's between one of two songs. Uh, we're definitely going to have some stupid fun. Um, that remote camera you have might also be good for doing some on the spot interviews. Well, let me just say this too, for the remote camera, this camera right now is on a tripod. Yep. I may have, um, I may have, as in don't tell my fiance this, mm-hmm. I may have uh, dropped about $600 on a really cool, holder that holds a gimbal in the middle like mm, and it holds everything I've seen together them. yep so it, it's everything in one it has a battery pack so i can power it for eight hours and power everything off of it and it's all stabilized i'm like yeah it's on the credit card don't worry about it mm-hmm. mm, yeah it kind of makes me wish i wasn't lifting so i could go and do do off the side interviews for you that would be fun as hell yeah i did th- I, i've been thinking for a while so the, the guy who hosts our local meets around here his name's al uh, he was a USPA guy, and I think he went to WRPF now. But um, in the St. Louis area, he um, he has a company streaming meets. And after watching like the the American Pro and stuff like that, I'm like, man, everyone streaming meets is just like stationary camera with a spreadsheet up. Yeah, it's man. like. It's and then, this, and then I saw, yeah, then I saw last year at the deadlifts. You guys had the uh, they had the flamethrowers, and I and Rachel told me I could not get them for the garage, mm-hmm. and I was very sad. I have enough overhead space for them, I think, but she said no. But um, I'm like, man, that's what we need. It needs stuff. It needs explosions. Mm-hmm. It needs people like, well, hopefully, hopefully not people falling down in deadlifts again. I don't want to see any snipers taking out uh, John Oldham. <laughs> So does every streaming platform like basically mute anytime there's music or uh yes and no. Twitch will mute it afterwards. It so whenever okay. you whenever you record whenever you stream, it records and saves a VOD. And if you haven't saved VODs, it goes back and it scrubs those VODs for, for stuff and then it mutes them. Gotcha. So it'll still be all there, it'll just be dead spots. So what we do now instead is um if we want music, I set it up to where I can run music out to the stream, but it runs out on a separate audio channel so it doesn't get saved to the VOD. Okay. So I can still hear music whenever I'm streaming. I can still play it out to the stream. They can hear what I'm listening to, but it's on a separate audio channel. So if we wanted to do something like that, we could have music streaming out. It just wouldn't go to the VOD. Gotcha. It, it, would just be dead, of, it would just be a dead spot like the first 30 seconds of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you like just 15 minutes. Don't hit record. <laughs> uh, I think I hit record. It was more of a just an I don't know. I'm gonna be so pissed if that's speaking of WRPF. Did you? Yeah. I, I just realized I, I messaged them the other day. My meat results are still not up from December. Hmm. Like it wasn't a cheap meat either. Like on all WRP, I ask on WRPF or on open powerlifting. On open powerlifting, they might just was it early early December December 9th. Are you oh, looking yes, for the meat, or are you just looking for your name? Because just looking for my name. Yeah, look. Mm, 
does Steve uh, check to see if well that was Steve's first meet too but if, if Steve has one like because sometimes like if somehow you put your name in wrong or different like are you literally yeah like, they put it under Joey if you had Joseph in one and Joey in one or Joe in one both. like it's it's all okay then yeah I don't know that's strange well no I searched by meets and I was like guys like it's not up there and they were like holy crap it's not okay, okay and, they say yeah they and that's kind confirmed. of that's yeah, weird. that's it's kind of weird. It, I think this happened last time. I had to like fight them to get my stuff on OPL. Interesting. Do you remember what what was what was the meet called? Oh. Or where or where was it? Liftmas Apex Liftmas Burlington Ontario. Yeah, because I remember for a while I couldn't find like I couldn't find myself because something got messed up with my open powerlifting and yeah I don't and w, so is WRPF yeah. Yeah, they don't. It's not even nothing from Canada is up from that day. Yeah, so it's just not up. Crazy. Like they confirmed it, it's not up, and that's kind of like out of pocket. Like, let's go, guys. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, uh, hey, so, I have a question. No, 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 shh. I've been, I've been, I've been hogging it all. So have at it. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is uh, like talkable, aboutable. Why mini action Jesus? <laughs> oh, that's easy. It's very easy, like very talk about a whole. Um, years ago, I my grandma was always one of those really strict people. Yeah, I get a haircut all the time. So I just stopped, you know, cutting my hair for years. And I had this weird beard genetics, weird hair genetics, where my beard would just stop at like an inch and a half, two inches long. And so I would trim it up and look okay, but my hair kept growing. And I eventually had really long hair, probably like not like tanner long, but like onto my shoulders, make a good ponytail long. And, um, well, it just so happened at about the same time, this was like a double whammy. My friend's dad, every time I'd come over, he would call me like mini tiny, something like that. And my teacher would call me fat Jesus. Wow. It was college. So college teachers can be a little out of pocket, but he could call me fat Jesus. And I, and then simultaneously, I had a friend who we would send just random weird videos to each other. He sends me a video that makes no sense to this day why it was so funny. But it was like a video of a nature documentary of baby ducklings jumping out of a tree in slow motion and crashing into the leaves down below. Played to a song by a band called The Volume In called Miniature Action Jesus. That was about a Jesus action figure. So what happened was, I was like, this is kind of serendipitous. So I made my gamer tag that on Steam. And... Uh, you know, all you, all my friends have changed their gamer tag. This was like 2007, 2008. And I've kept it ever since. And then what happened was I was starting to get ready for school. I, my Twitch channel used to be a different name. Um, I never had Instagram uh, to this point. And when, I, when you're going to school to be a teacher, you have to take a class that's like responsible social media usage. And one of the things they said was, don't put anything online. You don't want anybody to see. So what I took that as was, Everything I don't want people to see, I need to put it under a different name. <laughs> so I changed my Twitch account's name to match my gamer tag. I figured that makes it easier to find. You know, you're playing games. Okay. Um, I made an Instagram, made it the same as my gamer tag and my stream name. Makes sense. And then it just kind of stayed. I would love to change it. In fact, the only reason I have not changed it is because there is a person on Twitch who is a partner, which means they used to have like a hundred average streamers and uh, viewers and they're, they may get a higher pay rate stuff out of subs and everything. His name was Minnie, and he hasn't streamed in seven years, but because he's a partner, they're never going to clear that name out. 
Mm. So if if he was just a regular affiliate or a non-affiliated streamer, after so long of not logging in, they just boot you out and the name becomes free. But because he's a partner, it's kind of like, you know, they signed a contract saying you're going to be exclusive. Well, if he hasn't streamed in seven years, technically he's still exclusive. Technically he's still a partner, so they're not going to free clear his name. So I could be many, but you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's frustrating. That's uh, and I'm sure you've tried to like reach. It. There's no way to like DM. I mean, I'm sure you've reached out to DM the guy. I was like, all right, dude, I'll give you like 500 bucks. Give me my goddamn name. I'm like, <laughs> well, he hasn't been online. That I've okay, seen. so I got is you. he alive? That's a good question. I mean, he used to be a competitive professional gamer in a game that literally the game died in like. 2018 oh yeah it's just no reason to log in yeah like he was a pro streamer in that game and then it died and then he just never came back all right i love that explanation i definitely did not get blasphemous like i was afraid it would so <laughs> <laughs> that's why i was like can we do this can we talk about this <laughs> no no you know it, it, mostly it came from my friend's dad who, and my teacher who kept calling me names and it happened to call me fat jesus and many at the same time and it all worked out mm-hmm <laughs> All right, Keith, what's your next one? Uh, I just, the only one I really want to hit on defend it. Well, we have some games and stuff, but uh, tell, tell me about your home gym. So uh, you yeah. said you never you never got into the commercial gym setting. You just went from having no gym to starting out the home gym. Let me let me hear all that. I, I started. We had a local gold, and like everybody oh. who has ever uh, never lifted but is aware of it, you know of Gold's gym because they they were everywhere at the time. So I got us. I got us. Um, it was like the Black Friday deal. And when I realized I was too fat, I went to Black Friday deal and they said, well, if you sign up now, you get through the end of the year for free and then we'll, you won't start charging you to the beginning of the year. It's a year contract. Okay. So I start going to Gold's and uh, it's okay. I mean, I would go every day. I would at least do an hour of cardio and then I would lift on on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, as you would with doing strong lifts five by five. But then I started realizing, I'm like, man, these bars suck. And they have a squat rack. Like, they have one of those open-top squat racks like every high school gym has. But then they have, like, one really good squat rack. And a really good squat rack, there was always some dude, like, using the squat rack to do pull-ups, even though they have seven other pull-up bars and the uh, cable crossover with pull-up bars. Or one day, a guy was using it to do sit-ups mm-hmm. in the squat rack. Oh, no. Things. And I'm like... This sucks. So I'm thinking, I'm like, well, if I'm paying $40 a month, you know, that's $480 a year. How much would it cost to buy a bar, some weights, and a rack? That's how so it I starts. bought a Titan rack for like $380. Bucks. <laughs> this, was, this, was when, this was when Titan was cheap. And yeah. I bought the 3x3 the three three rack for like $380. I bought an absolute dumpster of a bar, but it had good neural. This is the cheapest cap bar on a Amazon sale for like a hundred bucks. And it turns out um, there's a company. If, are you guys aware of Intech? Uh, I think I've heard of it. Maybe. No. One of the things they, they've really made that's popular these days is like a, a stainless steel dumbbell that has the self centering logo on it. Okay. So as you move the dumbbell, it stays centered. Turns out they're about 20 minutes away. And so I go over there to check it out. And the guy goes, you know, what we do is we end up buying an entire, like if a high school needs to upgrade, we buy all of their old equipment, bring it into our warehouse and like wholesale it off. And then we 
sell them all their new stuff and install it. So it's like, if you want to come look, we've got all kinds of stuff. I went in there, they had like a a wall of crates of weights. So mm-hmm. I bought weights for like 25 cents a pound Ooh. and uh, finished them up and used that cheat bar. You, built myself a bench pad. They, they sold me a, a heavy duty bench for like 25 bucks without the pad. And I made my own pad because I did upholstery for a, uh, I try. I wanted to be a car stereo install, installer a long time ago, so I went to school for that and got really good at it, and then never found a job because I live in a freaking cornfield. Um, yeah. Then I started adding a little bit. Eventually, at one point, I had a full strongman gym. I had a log, a yoke, farmer's handles, but it was just such a hassle setting up. So I sold all that. Had a belt squat. Had a GHD. Too much space. Just sold that. And I'm like, well, shit. What am I gonna do? Well, then about the time I discovered Ben Rice, this was Christmas break. I'm sitting at home because I'm a te- uh, you know, teacher doing nothing. Fiance's working. I'm like, what the hell? I'm going to look at Kabuki for something real quick. And I see they have all this stuff. You know, they have that Klarna pay- the split payment. I'm looking at it. And I'm going, I wonder if I qualify for split payment. So I add the cheapest thing that was in stock in the cart, which was a their scratch and dent squat bar for like $719. Because I, I really wanted the the uh, Transformer. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to see if I qualify. Because every time you qualify any other time, they uh, you click the button and it goes, you qualify for like $2,000. Okay, click the continue or don't. I click it, and it just goes through and buys the $700 squat bar. Oh. Goes, you, you qualified, and it's ordered. And this was like the Friday after Christmas. So I email, and I call, and I email, and I call. And then finally I hear back. Oh no, we're out until after the beginning of New Year. And so I ended up getting a $700 barbell. Mm-hmm. And I went, well, I can't return it because it's a scratch and dent model. Yes, I'm stuck with a $700 barbell and a 400 pound squat. So then I, uh, uh, my friends thought it was really dumb that I had a $700 barbell. So I bought a transformer bar. And I went, you know what? You know what would really annoy them? What if I bought every bar Kabuki has? <laughs> legitimately it it started because i thought it would be funny just how annoyed it would make ben because ben was my coach for a while it's not <laughs> it was it was hilarious because i was like hey ben guess what i uh i got the uh the Cadillac bar he's like are you gonna use it and i go probably not yeah am i gonna get hey. strong now ben am i gonna get strong <laughs> i use my i use my Cadillac bar once a week i use my texas yeah. deadlift bar once a week I don't have their new bars. And what I kept telling people, I kept telling me, I kept telling them, it's simple. You got to have every Kabuki bar. It's like World of Warcraft. If you get the set, you get the set bonus, right? If you wear <laughs> all eight pieces of it. So if I get all the Kabuki bars, then once a month, you can channel the power of Chris Duffin on a single lift and you get a 30 day cooldown on it. So it's simple. I got to get all the bars so I can get that one lift a month. I don't. I, I don't think it would uh, recommend wasting your money on their their two economy bars. Was it the Columbia bar and what's what's the new one? That's the 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 twenty eight the twenty eight point five quote unquote power bar. I'm like, I don't want. To, I don't need one of those. But it's only like three hundred yeah. bucks. It's not a waste of money. You just need to mine more minerals. <laughs> I mean, I've already got a. I've already got a Lu Jun stainless power bar. I've been trying to sell on Facebook for like eight months, and no one wants to buy it. Even though I'm like, it is legitimately the exact same feel as the rogue stainless power bar for way cheaper than what the rogue one was. How many, uh, do you, do you know how many bars you have? Oh, let's count one. <laughs> Switch cameras. 
Oh yeah, oh, here we go. <laughs> I love this. This is the best. I'll interview you every day because of this. Five, six, seven. I got an axle. How about a three hundred dollar crowbar? Why not? Oh, yeah. Sure. I've got a I've got a strength crowbar over in the corner. So that's which one? 11? Not the Dan. You don't have the Dan Bell one over there, do you? I do not. I did not. Uh, no. I did not get the Dan Bell one. I did, um, he he gave me one of the um, the core bars. Oh, okay. Is that is that from last year? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. I, I snuck a few plates out. Yeah, it's a, it's a you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a really good bar. It's just I don't use it very much because uh, when I put, use 28 and a half, it feels kind of, it's just, it, I don't know why. It's not that much of a difference, but it just feels a little weird because I only use it for bench. It's weird. It definitely feels a little bit. I, uh, I had pretty much never, I mean, I have always owned a Texas power bar, but I always defaulted to the Rogue, the, the, to the 29 power bar. But then when, uh, you know, big, uh, big XBC Dave there likes his Texas power bars on bench. So then I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to do a whole block of benching with the Texas power bar. So I, I don't think I've, I've maybe benched with it once since that meet, but I got a US, USPA meet. So I'm just using, you know, 29 millimeter bars until then. And then as soon as that's over, I'll switch back over to a Texas power bar to bench to prep for his, because it really is. It's, it's noticeable. Like it just feels like, does it matter? No, it really doesn't. But if you're OCD like me, it's like, it fucking matters if the bar is how, how girthy it is in your hand each time. So no, I, I can definitely appreciate a, a large barbell collection like yours. Um, hey, here's a, the fun thing about uh, about me that might bother both of you. I have no clue how many millimeters any of my bars are. <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah, I've got the Bear Steel um, Power Bar 2.0. Uh, I've got, see, it's fucking wild that you know that. And I've got the Texas Deadlift Bar Bear Steel. 20, 27. Yeah, yeah, great. Didn't know any of that. <laughs> I, I had a Bell's I've probably sold twice as many bars as this because at one point I I owned a stainless and a raw Ohio power bar plus a Bells of Steel power bar. And I greatly disliked it uh, for different reasons than what you'd expect, though. Um, The cheap bar, I used to buy weights off Facebook and the guy would just be like, here's a bar that came with it. I'm like, oh, gross. You know, some bolt-in bar that yeah. you feel right. like it's going to fall apart. Now I got to waste time selling this thing for like thirty bucks. Yeah, but it was nice because I ended up selling them all during COVID. I sold about eight hundred pounds of weights, but I wasn't going to jack it up. I sold mm-hmm. the weights like when they were whenever going for like two dollars a pound for just beat up plates. I'm like, I paid fifty cents a pound for them. I sell them for like seventy cents a pound. Yeah, you I just want to. You know, someone bought those and sold them for two dollars a pound, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah but that's but I mean, most of the people. Your Most of the people who were buying them were buying a small chunk, though. So it wasn't like someone bought all eight hundred okay. pounds. It was like someone, a woman I talked to, was like, "I need a bar and like two twenty-five. Okay, I got you. You know, yeah. meet meet them somewhere, sell that. I sold some for about a dollar a pound. I think I paid two two fifty a pound when I bought them during COVID, and because I just needed weight, I ended up buying bumper plates. And it turns out I fucking hate bumper plates. <laughs> so I ended up just doing everything I could to get rid of those. The dollar pound, get them out of, get them out of my base basement. Well, but of course this too, you know, when I was working with Ben, he hated kilos. I've always liked I how kilos, kilos looked. I hate kilos. I've always liked how comp plates looked, especially in my gym that was at the time a hundred percent brown and it looked like I was in the inside of a UPS truck. <laughs> and I, said, I need some color. I cannot just have gray plates. So whenever the this was the 2019 Black Friday sale came around, I bought those plates. And when I tell people, I bought those plates, the tree, an extra pair of 20 kilos, 
a pair of collars, and a stainless steel power bar. And all of that was about 600 less shipped to my door than just the plates on the Black Friday sale last year would have been. Mm-hmm. So, well, I mean, te- technically, I, I made money off this. I if you if you don't like the way your plates look, you can use our code at Plate Snacks and and get a discount on some true. some some decals. Yeah, yeah I think some decal. Some decals. If you call them a decal. I'm going to be very sad. Code, <laughs> code unpaid. Code um, unpaid. Save some money on those plate snacks. Um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, gym gym equipment talk. Oh, no, 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 I have no, no clue what uh, I'm going on about. I've got no, some I like think... tri grip neoprene <laughs> shit because weight is weight to me. They're calibrated. They're all 45 pounds. Yeah, close enough. Uh, let's see. I've probably got three more things we can hit on. I, I, I have two games, and I know Joey's got one more question. Um, I'll, I'll do a game, then Joey do his question, and I'll do the last game and probably move into... Well, I mean, What's I, my question? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. so I'm going to do a... I'll, I'll do the Mount Rushmore. You do your question, then we'll I'm finish. F- with that. I'm still awake, I promise. Okay, so <laughs> uh, you're familiar with the, the, you know, the Mount Rushmore game where... I'm yeah, gonna give you a topic, yeah. and you gotta uh, give me your, uh, your, your what is it four, right? So, uh, I want to hear your Mount Rushmore for barbells in your home gym, or if Mount I, I Rushmore guess. for barbells. Yeah. Gosh. Okay. Number one, the bar that I recommend to the most people, whether you buy this bar or you buy a similar bar of the same type, is the Transformer bar. Transformer bar is the bar that if I needed to use one every week, I could use that. And I tell people, you don't have to spend eight hundred dollars on transformer. Get a get a, a Titan Bells of Steel, whatever Elite FTS safety squat bar. But a safety squat bar is so damn good. But I just like the adjustability. And in fact, when I told you how stupid my bar selling was, I had the black original unscrew the end, pop it off, oh, rotate yeah. it. I've used that. And when this one. It. When this one came out, I put that one up for sale and bought this one. I had two transformer bars at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so I sold it just because I wanted the pop adjustments. But don't blame you. now I see the rogue one and I'm like, oh, I gotta sell it again. <laughs> I need another <laughs> one. But yeah, safety squat bar of some sort. Yep. I wanted a Mars bar. Um, here's a, a fun fact for you. The guy who makes the Mars bars made one to fit Brian Shaw. And I contacted him directly about that one, and he brought it in, and I put it on, and it does not fit my chest. Oh, wow. I am fatter than Brian Shaw. So, I would say bigger. I mean, just fatter, legitimately. Yep, uh, Nate, that is the episode title this week. Uh, someone write that down. Nate, uh, someone <laughs> t- t- text that to Nate now. I'm fatter than Brian Shaw. I, that has to be the episode title. Gotcha. So, I, I've, tr- I've tried both the uh, the Mars bars. I don't know. I just, I didn't, I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't a fan, but I don't know. Maybe someday. Sorry, sorry, I'm also. I'm also not a low bar squatter. Like whenever you see the people low bar, and I mm-hmm. see them from the front, and it looks like the bar's coming out mid shoulder. Like John mm-hmm. Keiko is really low. Everyone tells me, "Oh yeah, you're doing low bar." And I look at myself, and I, I'm I squat with like the same position as Ray, and I go, "Ray's doing like a high bar. He's doing like what I call a uh, super heavyweight low bar, which is as low as we can get it before it starts building up on our chubs." Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, so that'd be my primary. Primary, of course, you've got to have a deadlift bar. Yep. And if you're going to have a deadlift bar, you might as well have the cheatiest one that fits in all federations. And I have the Kabuki deadlift bar. Ever since I got that thing, I won't say my deadlift has gone up, but I will say I can safely, whenever I was lifting regularly and not hurt, I could pull up to like 550 with no chalk and never had to worry about tearing a hand or anything because the grip 
I feel this neural is like perfect. I've so used fair. the Texas. I've used uh, Rogue and Rogue. I'm sorry, Bill Hager. I'm sorry, but I do not like your deadlift bar. It is the slickest thing known to man. Um, also, stiff. I want shit. That's it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I really want to. I wanted a mammoth bar just for the memes of having a ten foot bar in a eleven foot gym. <laughs> but uh, then, of course, Arsenal went out of business, so I can't get one. So we got those two. Then it's tough. I'm saving one because one is my go-to savior of my life every day I use it. I'd have to say trap bar. Okay. Kabuki trap bar. When I don't feel like pulling sumo because I am a large, large person who pulls sumo. Uh, when I want to just pick up weights and not think about it, I just throw the trap bar down and uh, load her up and let her rip. I, I I hated it at first, could not figure out how to pull on it. And then last year I did an online meet. I did the uh, garage gym meet and mm-hmm. uh, because average Joe's was one of the, uh, he was one of the announcers for the stream of it where they went over people's lifts and he's like, you got to do it. And I go, well, I guess I got to do it. So I'd never been able to pull over 500 on it. And I pulled like 683 on it because it just clicked all of a sudden. I went, oh. I'm doing it wrong. I'm bending too far over. Like I'm pretending it's a conventional deadlift, not a trap bar deadlift. So those three, my final one has to be my first mistaken purchase. The bar that I cannot live without the squat bar. Yeah. I am way too immobile to get under. I cannot fit under a power bar anymore. Mm-hmm. My shoulders, I, I cannot figure out every time I ask someone, how do I work on mobility? Their answer is you got to do shoulder mobility. And I go, great, thank you. I, I wanted to hear a circle. Mm-hmm. But uh, the squat bar lets me get my big butt under a bar. I can reach all the way to the edge. In fact, I am hand-to-hand, hand hand, collar-to-collar on an eight-foot squat bar. And I feel cramped sometimes. So that combined with uh, – do I have them over there? The um, what are they, the 12-11 rack extenders. Mm-hmm. The ones that move the J cups in, yep, so yep, my yep. hand—I don't have to worry about squishing my hands when I come back in. No, yeah, those that. make squatting so good for a nice. person who is a lot more spherical. <laughs> That's spherical. Put... That's good. <laughs> I'm surprised you don't use the uh, the Cadillac bar more if you're that fucked up on your shoulders, man. A, a neutral grip bench press is like my go-to when I have any kind of shoulder or like pec issue. That's the thing. I don't have issues. Okay. I just don't have the flexibility. Like I, I, I get Makes under sense. the bar. I cannot get when I get under the bar on a power bar and get it on my back and my hands in a comfortable position. It's like on my third vertebrae up the neck. Hmm. Like I cannot get my shoulders down and I don't know. I just don't know what I need to do to get that. Like I've been, I, whenever I was working out regularly, every day would start with shoulder mobility, chest stretch, uh, like, opening up the pecs, trying to stretch the lats by hanging. It just never got better. Hmm. Never got any different. Well, I guess as, as long as you stay away from USAPL, you should be good. Or in powers in America, you, you know. Well, I ain't got to worry about that because a couple of years ago, I found out my test levels were low enough I could be considered a female in the Olympics. So, uh, so I kind of fixed that. Nice. <laughs> so, we're, so, start calling you Juicy Justin. Hey. Just a little bit of juice, just a, a side of juice, a little sippy cup. Juice adjacent. <laughs> All right, Joe, you you got something for him? Yeah, um, uh, 
there's a fun thing that happens whenever we're recording is just the craziest shit gets sent to me while we're recording. Um, and I'm going to break something now. I'm not going to break too much. I have a little permission to do so. But I am now aware of who the last person to get a Masonomics tattoo is. So I know Tanner said there's one more person and he's not telling us who it is. I have now been chatting with that person. They have shown me the picture. I know who that person is. Because again, the Masonomics Tattoo Club is an elite club. There's not very many of us. I think five. I think there's five or less of us. But now I am now completely aware of who that person is. It's so funny that this happens while I'm recording, talking to you guys. And then last week, like this big guest that I really want to get on confirmed while we're recording. And like, I lost my mind in the middle of talking. I think <laughs> it wasn't Lou, but it was uh, Tara, like, whoo, or Lara. Wow. This is a wild yeah, my- game. This is a wild game we play here doing this Massonomics podcast. Like, and anyway. the question is, would you, is it someone you I mean, would have expected? I do the unpaid and underrated podcast personally. Yes, uh, this massonomics based podcast, I guess, because yeah, like, <laughs> like, like, it's just me. I'm a nobody, and people are responding to me like big names and telling me things. It's it's fucking great. I do have a question. I do have a yes. question. Uh, there's two, I think, isn't there? Uh, I mean, well, I was gonna, I, I want to finish the FMK, but do whatever you want. The fucking balloons, you see that? Okay, yeah, let's do that. I actually have a thing. So. I don't know how many episodes you've listened to, but we have a lot of musicians in the crew. Uh, yeah. Most of them are bassists. There's some fucking wild so amount of bassists. <laughs> so, oh, okay. don't look at don't look over here. Uh. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> let's say we've got a a huge amount of bassists. I used to do some singing. Um, I know we've got a drummer, at least one drummer. I think we've had a guitarist. Um, we had a who was it that plays a yeah yeah drummer was Lou, so in the crew band, what are you playing? Because well, you are a band teacher. Well, this is I'm the reason I'm asking. Teacher. I want to give people this background. You're a band teacher. You teach children yeah. to play, which I know is impossible to do. So you have all the patience of Job. Your fan. <laughs> what are you playing though? In the crew band, well, and you can't say the triangle. Well, that's the sad thing is I play the instrument that is the most stereotypical for me. And I bet I don't even have to have you guys guess. You could probably guess. The stand-up bass like Peter Rostol. I did play bass. I mean, I do play electric bass. I don't, they're not stand-up bass, though. No? You're not like typo negative, just playing it like it's a real bass because you're a giant human? I mean, I, I, I took a bass <laughs> class in college. And... Uh, I was the only person who did, they didn't have to even worry about the end pin because I could just, I had to like pick it up all the way to <laughs> play it. I, I only say that because I've stood next to you. Like I, um, yeah, yeah. I have stories at the Arnold. Um, <laughs> the story at the Arnold is of course not even involving me or you, but it's Grant asking, Hey, where's Justin? And then looking, just yelling, somebody go get Justin. And then I had to fight the Saturday crowd. I was just like, I'm on it because I'm just like a nerd at the Arnold trying to help people cooler than me. And I was like, I'm on it. And then I'm like fighting the crowd up through like the bells of steel all the way up to the Massonomics thing to find you. And, and you're just like, 
uh, yeah, I guess I have that camera. And then, like, we had to, like, fight our way back to the Strength Co. booth. Um, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, if anybody's, yeah. If anybody wants to see, I probably come up to Justin's hip. <laughs> on, on my size, like, I'm dwarfed by him. Um, so that's why I made the the stand up bass joke. But yeah, what what instrument are you gonna play? So I played a little bit of everything. I like I told you guys I grew up in the middle of nowhere, middle of a cornfield. It was me and my dad. Uh, you know, didn't have a lot to do. This was like right about the time internet existed, and we didn't have it for sure. So I learned how to play saxophone, flute, clarinet, trumpet, trombone, and drum set mostly on my own, living in a cornfield because I had nothing better to do. And then I got to high school, and I've been on the same instrument since high school, which is the tuba. So I've been playing tuba since like 2001 with like a five-year hiatus when I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I went back to school and playing tuba ever since. But now, you know, as a band director, I pretty much have to play everything but tuba because I don't really have, there's not a whole lot of sixth grade tuba players. <laughs> um, I do, you mentioned bass. I, uh, one of the games I stream on Twitch is a game called Rocksmith where you plug in an actual bass or guitar and you play a game that's almost, almost like Guitar Hero, but the actual notes on the actual instrument. Hmm. And there, I have like a few, it's really, it's really cool because people can make their own DLC for it, like with whatever song they want. And so there's all kinds of songs on there. Great, great music, bad music, like trash arrangements. So I've been getting back into playing bass lately because of that. But uh, for a band-wise, I've pretty much only ever played drums and bass in like a band band. Or, you know, if we want to if we want to go to the greatest music of all time, I could probably pick up a trombone and play some ska with it. Oh, interesting. I think you're our first ska fan. We've had metal fans, country fans, classical fans. Well, I like all that, too. But um, but ska is the greatest. My, I mean... If I'm lifting, mm-hmm. I probably have a ska playlist. And Spotify is so good at it now that I just say, like, you know, here's a playlist of songs I've listened to before. And just send me stuff that you think I'll like. And 99% of the time, it sends me stuff I like. <laughs> I got to okay. let the AI roll the playlist. And my friend comes in, my friend Rocket, He uh, he's he's from Southern California. So, of course, he's got to like ska, right? Southern California is where it started. No, he hates ska. Every time he comes <laughs> in, he just talks mad shit on it. So every time I okay. go in his chat. But does he, he like Red Hot Chili Peppers? No. Oh, good. Okay, I yeah. I was going to say, like, that's, that's, yeah, I agree with that, too. The, the Bucky, that. Bucky California. Uh, who's the greatest ska band of all time? That's tough. I mean, greatest in terms of quality or greatest in terms of reach? Because if you want reach, it's Real Big Fish probably. Because even if you hate Sky, you probably know Real Big Fish. They were in. They were in the, one of the best movies of all time, Basketball. Basketball. Yep. <laughs> they were the. They were the house band for the for the Milwaukee. Brewers. I think I'll have myself a beer. Yep. Um, it, the not, bands I've seen in person, Streetlight Manifesto still mm-hmm. blows my mind how well together they can play live. It sounds like an angrier, faster version of their recordings with how clean it is. Are the Dropkick Murphy ska? That's a, there's like a they guy. Have, they have ska elements. They do. There's a guy. I, I, I want to say it's the guy. It's his name was was it the Punk Rock NBA on YouTube? He does a whole bunch of. like in-depth videos about music i know yeah yeah he's i god i I could picture him he's got the eye twitch i i know exactly who you're talking about i thought it was him it might not have been him but someone did a video that was like what is ska and really 
the big thing behind ska is an upbeat, not upbeat like happy, but an emphasis on the upbeats of music. Mm-hmm. So instead of being like one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, the guitar is going to be like up on the upbeat of the music. So it's yep. so like a real big fish does it a lot in all their songs. They'll be like fast song. Bop, 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 playing a little upbeat. You get that thing happening. That is technically what he claims Sky is. Other than that, you get like the mix of like whatever genres it could be. Yeah, that, it's just my grand, my reggae is like Sky. that. Yeah, reggae came from, I think reggae came from Ska originally. Ska, the, the idea of Ska has been around since like the 1930s. Mm. Like the original Ska, and, it, and then now it's molded into this more Ska punk kind of thing. Yep. But um, in in my in my belief, I would call the dropkick Murphys at least sky adjacent. Yeah, that's a good they're word, least, especially for this podcast. The, that's a good way to describe it. Yeah, they're at least in the family. They're at least welcome to the table when you're when you're at the ska party. <laughs> but you know, I'm not going to kick out some dropkick Murphys. Yeah, they're invited to the hot dog barbecue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Vegan hot dog barbecue of course knowing the drop kicks yeah Maybe. all right yeah be the beef ones no yeah me too I, I guess we've bored everybody enough here with our music talk it's a, it's a fun thing it's interesting that like somebody pointed out that just my knowledge of music is kind of crazy so i love being able to just like hear everybody else get passionate about music i might not know enough i know i don't know a lot but i know enough to trigger that passion in people. Oh yeah. And that's what I love doing every, every time, every time. I do the same thing with anime. I don't watch anime, but I know enough about anime to say yep. the wrong things to people that are really excited about it and be like, Oh yeah. It's just <laughs> like whenever Sasuke got the dragon balls and they're like, no, that's not it. That's not anything. <laughs> you just enough to, tr- okay. That's triggering people. Like you're gaslighting <laughs> them at that point. But <laughs> it's like me with Star Trek versus Star Wars. The moment somebody like tries to out nerd me, I go, well, what's the difference? Like, I've we've been talking about it for weeks. What's the difference? Because it just gets people so mad. <laughs> yes. It's so much fun sometimes. It is. I, I think Keith is bored. No, no. He, he's got the same face I had during all the barbell talk. Like trying to grasp how long we've okay, been going like an hour or 40. All right. Calm like, down. Calm like, down. Calm down. No, 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 um, no, I just I got I got we got two more probably in the I have one. Um, yeah, yeah. Hit him with something. No, no, no. You, you know what? It's an unpaid overrated. You go ahead. Yep. Uh, well, look, okay, there's one at the top. We, we skipped over the... Uh, da, 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 da. What is the one piece of Maxonomics merch you wish you had got before it went into the vault? Gosh. I'm trying to think of what I even missed. Because there was a lot of stuff. I have a lot of stuff. Like, I, I guess I don't have the original run of the... Uh, lift and bench heavy stuff i have like the rerun that came back after like you know covid times because i I, whenever i was there the first time in 19 that was their first booth and i remember seeing this stuff and i and you know i was just at my first job at that time too so i didn't also i'm a teacher so i'm not rolling the money but you know i was i looked at the shorts and i went ah i'm gonna get some someday but you know what what i really wish and, and and this is going to be my my subtle jab to uh, to Tanner and Tommy. I would really love some lift shorts three in plus sizes. Give me some 
girthy boy shorts that I can wear around. And, you know, I, I, I've been wanting the shorts. I still have my lift shorts. I have my deadlifter shorts. I have my curl shorts. But I wanted the lift shorts three. I'm just not there. I'm not skinny enough to fit in the big ones. I say skinny enough, but I'm also like the size of like two 100 kilo lifters. So I don't think I'm ever going to be there. Now, those were the uh, were those one of the two dollar bills in the pockets. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I for some reason whatever I, I bought those when like when I was like leaving the cusp of kind of like two hundred ish pounds and getting like significantly bigger and I remember just squatting down and like a pair of mediums just blowing the quad completely out of them. I was like, all right, I guess I'm. I, I'm shocked I haven't smashed through mine. I asked recently if there are any lift silkies around too because my lift silkies are just getting a little small. <laughs> well like a little, a little small comparatively because like they're made to be small like yeah. the, those those silkies are boudoir shorts for sure <laughs> like i i i like them though they're perfect for deadlifts and squats i did i did buy a pair of not theirs but because i found a company that made like really really big size silkies and i bought a pair just to wear on stream once because it'd be funny and then i wore them on stream and i was like Oh boy, I'm about to uh, slip one of the boys out there. I better not wear those anymore. Yeah, the mouse is out the house. Um, yeah, can you send me that company because I am interested in more silkies. I'd have to remember the name. All I remember was it had a it had a a, a picture of a tiger on the leg and it said "Thigh of the Tiger." <laughs> oh no! I know uh, the company that shall not be named recently released some velour shorts, and I was like, "Damn it, I really want velour shorts, but I don't want to give you money." So like well, that's also a- the, the the company that shall not be named makes shirts about like being large and they stop in two XL. So <laughs> yeah. good job, Omar. You kind of missed the. Fuck Didn't they? Be- the we fuck said shall not be named, Keith. Nah, Keith Keitherton. Ask muffin. <laughs> <laughs> David Keitherton. That's me. I, I think I think he might have me banned by now. By the I used to send yeah, him pictures of my calves after a workout. I've got like 22 inch fat guy calves. I <laughs> uh, love it. Um, well, I think we covered a good amount of what we had. Is there anything else just jumping out at you before we go to FMK? Nah, but nah, leave, leave the second one for me. Cause I want to yeah. talk about that one a little longer. Yeah. Oh, for on the FMK or no, the unpaid or underrated. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Uh, Move to FMK. Oh wait. Yes. We're losing them. I'm just standing up. My buns are my, my stool is not meant for long term bun sitting. Aaron, Aaron, out the boys. Yeah, right. just you know, give him the cheeks a rest. So yeah, just we're, gonna stool. Little, we're gonna hit you a little uh, fuck Mary kill here. Um, okay. I'm gonna go. So three things specifically picked for you. Wait, the F is for fuck. Oh yeah, yeah. Fuck off. <laughs> uh, <laughs> All right, Justin. So FMK working the Massonomics booth at the Arnold. Live streaming on Twitch, playing World of Warships, FMK. Hashtag use your druthers. Okay, this is a this is a relatively easy one. Okay, so so um, definitely kill World of Warships. Okay, I love the game, but good lord, does that company know how to make everything cost money? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, actions. like, yeah, so. They, they they have this thing where they're like, hey, uh, 
we've got like 700 ships in the game and most of them you can earn by just playing but if you buy this bundle you get boosts that give you more xp to earn the ships faster and by the way the lower ships suck so uh you might want to get some boosts you're like i'm gonna get some boosts they're like all right now you got the top ship in this line do you want a camo We'll give you the first one discount. It's only 3,200 coins. You're like, oh, how much is 3,200 coins in real money? Oh, like $14 for a camo. And you're like, how much is this thing full price? Like $45 for a camouflage. And you're like, this is dumb. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> no, I, I hate that I'm going to give you money. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's that thing where it's like, I want to play a game and I want to look cool. So kill it because I hate that. I, I missed, you know, you had a game, you had the full game, you played, you got stuff. Boomer yelling at the cloud kind of thing. Like, these kids <laughs> with their cloud-based gaming today. No, I just... Sound like Keith last week. Yeah. <laughs> so definitely kill that. You, Keith? Now, now, here's the tough one. Yeah. Who do you fuck? Who do you marry? Okay. I would have to say you would have to fuck working in a Maslonics booth. Because because once a year is good enough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> once a year. And the thing is, too, it's like when 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 you when you're built like me and you look like me, that once a year makes you feel important. And when you and when you're fucking the massonomics booth, you have the luxury of fucking a bunch of other booths, <laughs> as I shared earlier. Because now you're fucking <laughs> the strength go booth. You're probably fucking one of the like build fast formula booth. You know you're fucking the obsidian ammonia booth. Like you, you know, you're working there, but you're you're the slut of all of the astronomics groups. <laughs> and as as a person who went to the Arnold, as a person who do nothing, so it was weird. The first time I went to the Arnold, I knew nobody, knew nothing. I walked in and I saw Ray Williams, and I went, "That's a big boy." And I didn't know who he was. <laughs> and then the first the first the thing that happened was I watched him squat a thousand pounds, and that was like my six month lifting powerlifting. And I go. Jesus, you could do that. And then the next day, <laughs> I got to walk up to him at the at the SPD booth and yep. be like, "Hey, Ray, you're big. I'm big. Where do we find big guy shoes?" And we talked about shoes. And I'm like, That's "Holy cool. shit, how if there's just people?" Yep. And they're nice people. And so then like going back the next time, the whole time you said mentioned earlier driving or like listening to podcasts back to back, we drove to the Arnold. Rachel did not know who these guys were. I okay. told her, hey, yeah, they asked if I could help out, if, if I have some time to help out. So we might be around their booth a little bit. Uh, she's like, all right, like, who are they? <laughs> so the whole way out there, we listened to the podcast. And then we got there. On the way back, listened to the, the, the new podcast that had just dropped on Sunday night. And she's like, oh, it makes so much more sense now. <laughs> and it was, just, it was like a whole experience because like now she loves going out there and hanging with the guys. Because I mean, let's be honest, Midwestern people. We all had fun. There's not many. There's not many Midwestern people that don't get along with Midwestern people. And on top of that, whenever we share similar interests, even better. Yeah. I mean, I can hang out with the people who go deer hunting all day. I ain't getting up at three in the morning to go sit in a tree. But if we're all talking about picking up heavy circles and putting them back down, yeah, sure. Ontario right. is not Midwest, but I can assure you, I did not feel out of place once. I walked in yeah, with a cooler and I was like, I have beer. Who's got room? And two people went, my room, like I've got room. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, the reason I put married for Twitch is because there's easily 
50 people that I now know through Twitch that I know better than anybody I know locally. Like, I am the most introverted extrovert that I've ever ran into. I don't like going out and being around general people, but I do like talking to people. And I think that's just the Midwestern thing. Midwestern people are born to bullshit. Like you walk down the street, someone says, hi, you can talk for five minutes. But <laughs> it just does not, you know, I don't do it around here because none of the people around here are my thing. But Twitch, we're all lifting. I mean, I have friends who are all various forms of lifting and people don't even lift. In fact, I used to have people watching me regularly who would stay up to like three in the morning to watch me from like Belgium because they're just hanging out. And I'm like, this is cool as shit. So it's similar. It could probably flip either way, depending on the time of the day. But I really, I mean, legitimately, T- Tanner and Tommy letting me have the opportunity to help at the booth is one of the few things that keeps me coming back to the Arnold because wandering around aimlessly is cool for a day, but I can't get three days out of it. Like and having a place to hour. just go back and, you know, yeah, and just hanging out there. People come by asking questions and then you get to see people just get to sit out to the side of the lines and watch the stuff happen is so yep. much more fun than getting stuck in the crowd. It's our home base. It a hundred percent is at the Arnold. And that's like, can I leave my bag here? But then like, you know, you do your round, you go to say hi to everybody. Then you come back and you're like, yeah, I'm going to help you sell for a few minutes. And then you just stand here and I, I, I you know, well, I want that shirt uh, or oh, we only have it in large. Yeah, but I'm a medium. And then like three people behind the counter will go, so get bigger. Right? Like, <laughs> I know that. Yes. I know because that happened at the Arnold last year. And the kid went, <laughs> oh, my God, that's true. Okay, I'll take it. Like, it was like, <laughs> it, and it's just like, yeah, it is. It's the home base for the silliness. And you're sitting there, like, you're just behind the counter. You're having a beer. You're helping them sell some stuff. I'm not taking any money because, like, I'm not that in, like, and then, like, Chris Duffin's standing there. He's sending a text. Huck Finn's over there having a drink, right? Yeah, Dan Bell comes over. Like, and you're just in this kiosk, and these people are coming over that are just these big names. And yeah. you're like, I'm just here to help Massonomics do well. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, like, like in the last year alone. So, the first two years ago, the first year I was able to help out, I got talked a bit Dan Bell. Dan Bell, being a super heavyweight, he is like, you're one of the uh one of the Mount Rushmore of heavyweight lifters. Yep. And talking to Dan Bell, then the second year I come back and he's there. And I leg- legitimately had like a 20-minute conversation with Dan Bell and I can oh, what's his name? The guy who, ru- who uh runs Lift Large. Lift I can't remember his name, but yeah, so the definitely three of us talked are to him talking, for a few minutes. And we're all three having a conversation about fat guy sex positions. and i'm like this is the most up my alley just ridiculous shit because you know i'm not allowed to say shit like this in front of kids so when i come home my language goes wild and be able to sit there and talk with dan about how fucking bad his blood pressure was whenever he was first trying to take gear and how fucked up it got and then he's like talking about all these stuff like that and then one day everyone left Everything's wrapping up and Juji comes up and Juji not having to be on, not having to be Juji, just getting to be John 
call standing there just talking with him for a couple minutes. Or one day Chris or Jim Windler came up and I talked to Windler and he sat down. He's like, look, man, you got to set a goal. Say, I'm going to get to this goal at that goal. Get out of powerlifting. Just get back to fitness. Get down to a good weight. You'll feel great. But get to that goal. And, you know, talking about goal setting in life. And it's like, it's crazy. Just the stuff that comes up naturally. Yeah. Whenever people get to just be people and they don't have to be online entertainers all the time. And we get to do that at the Massonomics booth. At the Massonomics booth. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think the Sunday was was that. I won't be there this Sunday unless I can convince Steve to stay like if we can get the, like some media passes or booth passes for like one day, but we only bought tickets for the Saturday because we wanted to make sure we didn't overspend this this year. But the Sunday was definitely like that's how it was. You were walking around, there was nobody there. Right. Like there was just like, but, and you were just, yeah, you got to walk up and just talk to like Grant and, and, and Tanner and Tommy and all that. And that's actually where I got your signature. Yeah. Cause it was cool. the Sunday that I said, everybody sign this and you're here at the bottom. Yeah. Right, Joey's, Joey's holding up the, uh, the, the, the astronomics pendant. Yep. The smallest mini and Rachel got you both to sign it. It's <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. I was, and I don't know if you guys got to see it last year. One of the best things happened towards the end when everyone was breaking stuff down. Huck, of course, is doing Huck things. Everyone else is breaking stuff down. His booth hasn't even moved yet. And uh, <laughs> across the, uh, there, I'm talking from like downtown, like Stone Cold Steve Austin distance. He's like, throw me a beer. Someone chucks a beer straight into his junk. I mean, it was like Tom Brady. <laughs> Going for the touchdown. I didn't see that. <laughs> it just straight. I'm surprised they never heard that too. Because he and he dropped everything. like a ton of bricks. And <laughs> Rachel and I were just like, Jesus Christ, did this just happen? <laughs> oh god, I just woke my wake up. I'm laughing so fucking hard. Oh, god. No, Wouldn't that happen to good. a better guy? Literally, all, all, all Huck ever did was talk about the Arnold for like you know, like six months after it. But I don't remember oh, hearing that. He story. was that's fucking slammed. Great. He was hammered the whole time, oh, even more than great. me. He was it's doing funny. the first day he did 40 beers the whole yep. day while he was there. And that wasn't yeah. even including the ones after. Yeah, that was oh, the Friday. Awesome. It was there with him for some of those. He's a machine. Well, that might have been the most thorough FMK uh, answer. And I'm glad it segued a little bit. And I, I enjoyed all that, that conversation. And uh, I think if anyone is listening to this and is anywhere near Columbus and doesn't go to the Arnold, what the fuck? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Go to the, you, okay, go to the Arnold for the animal cage. Go to the Arnold for the strong man. Go to the Arnold hoping you're going to see Arnold. But make sure you're stopping at the booths. Make sure you're coming to the Massonomics booth. Make sure you're coming to the Huck Finn booth. Like that little corner is so wild. Right? Like it's just it's it's the craziest portion of I think the Arnold. Okay, the medieval fighting is probably the craziest part of the Arnold so because fun to watch. you know there's just dudes swinging swords at armor. That might be the craziest part, but like where we were, probably the second craziest. Think Marvel, this year. LARPing this year. <laughs> oh God. everybody's there LARPing as strong. That's that's that's, that's the thing. What we do with the Arnold this year, it's legitimately going to be a nut house. Because we're right next to the uh, the peanut butter, <laughs> the peanut place, butter, right, oh, right across no. from the flavored nut people. Oh, that <laughs> smells going to make me gag for hours. Peanut butter. And, oh, and we're we're around the corner from a uh, from a meal prep place and a protein ice cream protein gelato place. I'm like, good lord. Yeah, we're food right in the middle of Massonomics <laughs> Avenue, apparently. 
<laughs> you no, want to get unpaid underrated? Uh, well, I first I have to I have to, I have to pick the bone about the, uh, the, the 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 your preference of peanut butter, man. How are you going to go with chunky? I don't get it. Like it's just nope, it's chunky all the way. Nothing. God, I don't. Chunky boys like chunky peanut butter. Anyone two words. Not getting two words. Yep. Mouth feel. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys didn't see that, but I oh. mouthed it as he said it perfectly oh, synonymously. Oh, yes, that was that's crazy. Awesome. If that was, oh, that's got to be posted somewhere. <laughs> to, to go with this, to go with this, chunky peanut butter, no jelly. You can't have jelly. Yeah, jam, maybe honey preserves. Little honey, honey is good. Honey is mm-hmm. good. Honey, mm-hmm. you put the peanut butter down. Honey on top of the peanut butter preserves on the other side you gotta have that chunk to your like the seeds and i love a good blackberry preserves so you get chunks of blackberry and you get the seeds in it oh it's the only way i could do it because peanut i hated peanut butter growing up but then i was like oh wait you can make textures so you buy like the fancy bread like the dave's seven seed bread or whatever that has like the stuff on the outside and the little chunky pieces in the middle of the bread and it's like this tastes like a sandwich not yeah. like punishment yep all right I, I, I had to get out of the way because there was some there was some some chunky and creamy peanut butter talk and everyone yeah. likes to bust my balls sorry whipped such a yeah whipped. Whipped. yeah who was it was it jeff, <laughs> jeff brought that back <laughs> like, yeah. I, like, there, I love that we have niche shit that people even <laughs> drop in like the other boards, like it's like like we're getting like you and you references in like the random other discords uh, <laughs> channels, and I just I love that. Uh, but yeah, uh, unpaid unpaid or underrated is a game we play. You know, we came up with it by ourselves. It's entirely Joey and I's creation with a little bit of help from Nate. Uh, we, you know, we're gonna hand pick three three topics each. Nate, uh, so six topics total for uh, Big Mini here. Um, you know. Obviously, there is no overrated, so it's either unpaid, unpaid. Nobody wants to be unpaid, so that sucks. And underrated, it means amazing. So I'm going to dive right in here right off the bat. My number one is going to be, what do you think, unpaid or underrated, three-pound steak dinners? Wholly, entirely underrated, especially if you happen to be in Illinois in the area of Peoria. Go to Alexander Steakhouse. 70 bucks gets you a three-pound steak plus a trip to their salad bar. And a baked potato, if you want it. I got fries this time, because I want to try something different. And if you get it, they give you a gift card for $20 off the next time. So it becomes a $50 steak next year. That's ridiculous. And it's a nice it's a nice snack. Nice. Uh, now, you did mention Peoria. That's I, I, I know I've heard Tom mention that town. So, like, do you know how close you are to, like, you know, Tom and Tom or any of those guys? Like, like. Because I know they've done some meetups before in the past. Like it, like uh, I think John Molette's gym and one of the other towns might have been like an hour away from where he was at. So I'm not really. I didn't know if you feel yeah. if you follow Huck Finn enough to actually have ever gone to like a meet and greet or done anything. I never did because I'm like four and a half hours from Peoria. And that's oh, okay, where this, okay. conf- this gotcha, conference is every year. But the, from okay. Peoria to where Huck lives is like maybe an hour because i remember whenever i was looking for jobs in 2020 i saw a job and i looked at it and i went why does this town sound so familiar and then i looked over and i saw where on the map where huck worked and i was like oh shit yeah, that would be always, interesting they're always name dropping towns and stuff i feel like i know like i i could name like five or six different towns in chicago just between like what they say <laughs> on the podcast and i can name way too many fucking towns in south dakota now too so uh all right so at least three. three yeah there's a handful all right, so I got one here. 
the, the, the unpaid or underrated Harry and the Hendersons, the movie. You know, I can't say. I could not say that it's unpaid because it's got to be. It was good for its time. Mm. You know, it's one of those movies that was good for its time. Is it going to withstand the test of time? Probably not. But it is very entertaining. And it has to be underrated just because, I mean, I got a kick out of it when I was little. It always reminded me of my uncles who uh, had gigantic ZZ Top beards. And then I finally got a ZZ Top beard and I was like, oh shit, that's me now. <laughs> Nice. Well, I asked that because, you know, you've you've been known to lift in some Sasquatch suits. So I was just like, <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I was like, well, I, I, I mean, I, was, I could have gone with like literally Sasquatch. But I was like, Harry and the Henderson's a little obscure. So let me yeah. Now, now, John Lithgow was in that movie, wasn't he? Yeah. Yes. He was, he was yeah. Dad. So that's immediate. Perfect movie. John Lithgow is Good the movie. best. Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody says Daniel Day-Lewis is the greatest actor of our time. But like, we all know it's John Lithgow. Dude, his when yeah. he was when he was the uh, well, I'm not gonna say when he was a character in a season of Dexter, that was creepy because he was like he was so like, yeah he was the he was no he was the Trinity killer. Like, I didn't want to. Well, I didn't want to spoiler alert. Oh my god, I've never even seen the old TV show. Everybody fucking watch Gosh. it. Like it's over. <laughs> Tam um, probably hasn't seen it. But he's Don Quixote. <laughs> okay, he's um um Dick in Third Rock from the Sun. He's the dad in Harry and the Hendersons. Like John he's Lithgow. Far he's far quad. John Lithgow has been there with us since we were children and is still here with us now. Probably he, like he's got to be recognized at some point as one of the greatest actors. He did. Um, The one that really sticks out to me was one of the, was it, it wasn't the, it was the one you already mentioned. The, uh, the Stephen King where there's like the monster on the wing and he's like, there's something on the, there's something on the plane or something on the wing. And he's like, was he in that? Yeah, he was. In, wasn't he the, am I a mistake? I swear to God, he was the guy that was freaking out on the air. William side. Shatner was in that. There was yeah. William, like, William Shatner was. Cause he, that's where he had his, right. his very stereotypical. There's something Thing on, on the, the wing. wing. All right. Then, I'm, <laughs> then, I'm, then maybe I'm, uh, I don't know. I'll have to look that up later. I'm, no, you know who John Lithgow is obviously, but well, like yeah, that, yeah. that dude has been like, in everything ever since we were kids and it's all been iconic shit oh and here's a fun fact for you related to to, uh i uh just got a book while i was at that conference that was it's a little kid's music book and it's called was it the remarkable oh gosh i'm gonna john lithgow wrote this book oh yeah yeah yeah. he he does do that too yeah the the remarkable farkle mcbride is a little kid's book for like a kindergarten class about a kid who plays an instrument and is super good at it. And then because he's so good at it, he just breaks the instrument and gets a new one. And so it's a, a book that I bought to read to the kids about introducing instruments. And there's actual vo- voiceover of him reading the book on YouTube. I could just play for the kids if I wasn't there. Um, yeah, I'm going to find that. I think, yeah, my, yeah. I have a, a kindergarten son, so Good book. Right it's now, silly book. right now we're into the Okie Dokie Brothers. We finally Ooh. got into that. Have you heard of them? Um, I have seen them. I've never yep. read them, but I've seen kids carrying them. Oh yeah, no. So the Okie Dokie Brothers are uh, music. Oh, uh, music. Oh no. I yeah. I think of something else then. Right, some, so, other, some book the kids had. Yeah, they're from the yeah. Appalachians. Oh, they do books. I think they do movies too. But um, the the yeah, song on. right now in our in our house that's very popular is the Abominable Yeti. And howl. 
Oh yeah, they did. They had a. I saw an advertisement. Didn't they do a show or something or have a movie they're working on? I think so. Yeah, but the howl song is really cute because my kids both just start howling like wolves through the entire song, and my little girl throws her head back and howls with pure abandon during this song, and it is glorious to watch because i want to raise i want to raise feral children of course but (laughs) (laughs) they they got a grammy yeah i didn't realize that they do yeah they do and and to be honest the music doesn't suck i actually find myself listening to it without the kids around (laughs) that's tough for a parent to find something that the kid will want to listen to that isn't just just the lowest common denominator crap yep yep. yeah the okie dokie brothers are up there very cool. Bit bluegrass, bit country, but really fun. Sorry, Keith. What's your next? <laughs> yeah, you're good. Uh, I'm going to close out my three with. I don't know how to. I don't know which way is going to get a better answer. So, either strip clubs in general, or being a bouncer at strip clubs. Whatever you think will have a funnier uh, answer. My God, that is underrated. I wholly thank my ability to be a kindergarten teacher today on being a bouncer at a strip club. I hated people. I worked at McDonald's and Walmart when I was in high school, and that instills a solid dislike for everybody. And when I worked at the strip club, I was the most introverted, like sitting at a computer playing Diablo 2 guy. And all of a sudden, you're surrounded by boobies, and you're like, (laughs) I've never seen more than two of those at a time. I didn't know that existed. And then you're forced to be around drunk idiots and forced to figure out how to de-escalate drunk idiots. So being able to manage drunk college kids around the St. Louis area and uh, crazy old guys and, you know, dealing with all the stuff that happens on the the old East St. Louis side of stuff where it gets a little rough occasionally, it really made me better at just being there, doing stuff. Like, I was the kind of person I would have never talked to anybody if I went to the Arnold when I was right out of high school. I wouldn't talk to anybody I didn't know. But you go there, and suddenly you walk in. First thing that happens, you walk in the door for your shift. Some drunk guy goes, let me buy you a drink. And a bartender gives you a rocks glass full of 151, and you just down it like a shot, and that's the start of your workday. Things go different very quick. And you learn a lot about just interpersonal relations. Not not, not those kind of interpersonal relations, but the, the kind of where you're talking to people. But yeah, it was, God, it was an experience. And to make it even funnier, I had a manager who, the store manager of my McDonald's, who I always thought she hated my guts. I was dating this girl in high school. She became a manager at McDonald's. She became like this this store manager's second in command. And then she ended up breaking up with me like women do in high school. And we, we always argued. So she didn't like me. I'm at the strip club one night and who walks in the door, but that manager and her boyfriend to go into strip club. And she is just, gone hammered and she's like i never hated you i just we always i always talked with your ex about you and she always told me all these bad things and i never knew they were all just her being a 18 year old girl saying everything that she thinks about boyfriends it sounds like well jesus i've never been apologized to by a drunken boss at a strip club before (laughs) that's a new one So I highly recommend if you are a young man or a young woman and you want to have an experience, get a job at any kind of club, not a nightclub, a bar, something. You will learn how to deal with people very super quick. 
and you will learn lots of ways of managing stuff. Now, I will say I'm firmly better at managing adults and older kids than I am with younger kids because that's a whole different set of crazy. Um, but yeah, I think my ability to talk to kids, to talk in front of groups, to talk in front of whatever is a hundred percent because of my experience as a strip club bouncer. And at the time I had a sweet mustache and uh, couldn't grow a beard. So I got to wear a white tuxedo with a top hat and used to have people come up to me and talk to me in Spanish. Cause they thought my mustache made me look like I was Mexican. Oh yeah. And so I even learned a little <laughs> bit of Spanish back then. Un pequeño. Un pequeño español. <laughs> how long how long did you work there, give or take? Oh, uh, about 18 months. Okay. A year and a half. Year and a half of walking in every night and seeing a 110-inch projector screen playing the same adult films on repeat. It got so- to the point where you you just be watching it and like some new guy would be in there at the bar you're talking to him, like, hey dude, check this out. This is about to get really crazy up on this screen. They're like, what? Oh, you're like, yeah, it's something, ain't it? <laughs> it? It's like, it's so weird that they just play porn in strip I've clubs. Never, I've never seen that. I've been to so many strip clubs. I've never seen that in my life. Oh my <laughs> God. I actually remember the last oh. one I went to. There was no, not the last one I went to. The one that I went to, I haven't been to a strip club since I was like 25 and I'm going on 40. So it's been a while, but like, yeah, like you'd go in and there would just be like, Four screens, one one didn't work. Three were just blasting different porn. And you're yeah. like, that's weird. okay, so there's genitals there. There's genitals over there. Like, <laughs> I don't need this much raw flesh in my eyes. I don't need this much. Um, but yeah. Anyway. We, we see when, when I worked there, I started when I was 19 and I quit when I was 20. And I had never had alcohol before in my life. And it wasn't until I was around some of the craziness that happens with the women at the strip clubs, whenever they're, you know, fighting each other. Mm-hmm. I saw, I saw a younger woman threatening an older woman. When I, I'm talking like an 18 year old girl threatening like a 40 year old girl who were both dancers. And the 18 the year old girl took off her thigh high boot to try to swing it like a mace at her. And the 40 year old girl tried to, uh, break off a bottle into a bar shake and i was like oh here's the chill out here that's a little much yeah so, you know you get this you, you get that and i'm like i need i probably should start drinking a little yeah and it, because i was working at the strip club they let me drink for free even though i was underage don't tell them which one it was but well, i'm not know. gonna say anything but <laughs> it's and yeah and that's kind of crazy it's again it's an energy that i'm just not into uh, anymore i'm just too old for that shit like i'd have no yeah. patience if somebody said to me right now let's go to the peelers i'd be like okay and then i would probably just like sit in the corner and be like i don't want to be here but i'm happy you're here because i love you and you're my friend or whatever right like like how do you think yeah. support them um well as a 19 as a year old guy who never had good luck with women it really helped me talking to women too because no one can make you feel more important for 30 seconds the stripper, stripper who wants you the stripper who wants to give you a lap dance. Yeah. And you're like, nope, I ain't paying 50, 75 bucks. And they're like, go on. The next person, the next one comes up, you're like, wow, I must have something. Oh no, wait, I'm in the stripper. <laughs> I know, wait, damn it. Um, but also <laughs> that you shouldn't have been drinking while you were working because I know that part of the rule is that they're not allowed to give you booze. They have to give you like fake booze. Oh and, yeah, they're not supposed what? to do that shit. Let me tell you our rule. 
we had two bartenders who were exceptional bartenders. By exceptional, I mean they were salesmen out the wazoo. And what the one of them came up to me one day and she's training me how to bar back. She's like, here's where you stock this, here's where you stock this. She goes, okay, as long as the owner is here, you are not behind a bar other than stocking. Yes, gotcha. As mm-hmm. soon as the owner leaves, I'm going to teach you how to bartend because here's the hierarchy of bartending. If I get drunk, I flirt with more guys and I get more tips. And at the end of the night, I tip you 10% of my tips for barbecue. Yep. And if I get the waitresses a little buzzed, they flirt with the guys, they get more tips, tip the bartender more tips, which means I get more tips. So it turned into, I learned how to bartend and drink heavily at the same time. And so at one point between the two bartenders, myself and six waitresses, three on each side, over the course of a four-hour period, we went through nine bottles of vodka, Easy. just drinking ourselves. Yep. I, and I mean, I was, I got a, I got a tolerance like mad. One night, I broke the top off a vodka bottle, and the bartender said, "You're going to drink it." And I said, "The tops broke off." So she poured it through a coffee filter, made it into a full bottle-sized Jaeger bottle or a uh, vodka, vodka Red Bull. Or, yeah, vodka Red Bull, a cherry bomb. That's what I was thinking of. And she's like, you're going to drink it. So I did. I drank almost a whole bottle of vodka. And I remember standing at the bar, like leaned back, eyes closed, closed my eyes. And I opened my eyes and I was in the walk-in cooler. And the bartender (laughs) comes busting in and she goes, where have you been? We've been looking for you for like an hour. And I went, what? Yeah, I'm here dying. (laughs) That was the first time I ever blacked out. That's that's legit dangerous because I saw some like article or there was like a you know one of those really sad documentaries where like a, a chick like drunkenly wandered into a like a, a walk-in cooler at a hotel that was kind of like shut off and she fucking found her like three days later deader than shit so like, that's, that's, you know. <laughs> right back to the beginning of the podcast talking about the vince mcmahon stuff hey i'm gonna move on to my unpaid and underrated so we have this game we like to play <laughs> um i don't know how to do some of these uh okay so unpaid or underrated this is risky. This is risky because you see the other side of it. Gentle parenting. Not permissive. Underrated. Parenting. Yeah, don't go permissive parenting. Gentle parenting. Underrated. I don't. I kind of fit in that category. I don't tell my kid. I don't make him do stuff. I don't yell at him and make him do stuff. I don't get physical with him. But. I will let him know if something is right or wrong, what that effects could be and let him make his decisions. And then if his decisions are bad, I will help him correct them. But I've never been like super heavy parenting, but also I feel like because I come from the background I come from that I, he seems to understand more that if I tell him something, it needs to be this way or it's probably right. Now, that also means he does have a mild bit of childhood misogyny where he doesn't listen to women as often. But if I get on him about it, he will shit a brick if mm-hmm. I am mad about something that he did. But at the same time, I see some parents who do the opposite, like you said, the permissive, where they just let everything go. Yeah. And no. I have some kids. I have some kids who, like today, I had a kindergartner who, while I had myself, an aide and a student teacher in the class, three adults. He will not do anything I ask and just keeps crying because he wants his mom who works at the school to come into class because she will let him do whatever sometimes. But if she gets onto about it, he shuts down. And that's how you get that problem of if you go too soft, 
they cannot handle any kind of adversity. But if you let them see that adversity and figure out why they should deal with it, it feels like it guides their own decision-making better. And I want my son, I want my son to have good understanding. Like I'm teaching him now the values of verifying your sources online. He'll come up to me and be like, did you hear this person's going to be in the new Sonic the Hedgehog movie? He's like 10. And I'm like, where'd you see that? He's like, some guy on YouTube said it. And I go, okay. Have you checked it on Google to see if it's true? Oh no. Looks up on Google. No, it says he's not going to be in it. All right. So what'd you learn? Don't trust what you see on YouTube only. Got it. Perfect. You know, I want him to be able to understand the difference between right and wrong, good and bad, plus where he's getting his sources from. But I still let him do, do what, you know, I let him do some stuff and make some silly choices. Yep. In fact, some of the fun things being a, being a, being a parent now is my kid's old enough that one day we were driving down the road and we passed Captain D's and he goes, Captain D's nuts. nuts. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, well, I, I, I'm not going to say that was wrong, but, you know, just make sure you do it yeah. whenever you're around me and not around the teachers. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah. My, uh, my four-year-old. Uh, so he learned how to say what the fuck at four, except he knows when to say it. Yeah. So one day we're just in the bedroom and he's jumping on the bed and I'm like, Oh, Hey buddy. And I go to tackle him, whatever. And something happens and he falls and he bumps his head and he looks at me and he holds the back of his head and he looks at me and he goes, daddy, what the fuck? And I stood up and I went, you're not supposed to say that. And I walked out of the room and I died. Cause I was like, Oh, that was the perfect time to say that. And you're allowed to do that when that happens. Uh, i had to to mute myself i was laughing so hard at that yeah but you are four you are not supposed to do that but buddy sometimes those words can hurt other people's feelings um so let's like wrangle in when we use that word (laughs) but at the same time yeah that's when you're supposed to use that (laughs) he did it it in front of my mom once he bit into a jalapeno (laughs) we're at boston boston pizza again a canadian thing and he bites in a jalapeno and he goes, oh, it's spicy. What the fuck? My mom looks at me and she breaks. She starts laughing. I was like, no, mom, don't laugh. You're not allowed to laugh. You have to, <laughs> you have to maintain composure and tell him it's not okay. And I'm breaking, of course, like I'm corpsing as it's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my kid learned how to swear in a, in a very in a very fun way. Oh, okay. I, I, um, I had, at a very young age, I had to tell my kid, "You're going to hear me say these words. I don't want to hear you say those words." I yeah, was like, you, these these are adult words. These are grown up words. These are words <laughs> I never heard them say it yet. You're going to say eventually, and yeah. you might as well learn how to say them properly. But like, not when you're four. Damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Unpaid or underrated. Sumo deadlifts. Underrated. Sumo has saved my deadlift life. Um, whenever I pull conventional, I have to pull like very Brian Shaw conventional, which is like sumo with your arms on the outside, which means my arms always feel awful. They're way the hell out there. I have very externally rotated hips. So just standing here, I'm slew footed, like toes pointed out. And when I was working with Ben as a coach and Ben said, have you ever tried sumo? And I tried it. I couldn't pull 225. 
and I could not pull 225, could not pull 225. And you know when it clicked, you they had uh they had a uh, Joe on the uh on the podcast a few weeks ago, Joe Stanek. Now I don't know Joe, but I'm I'm aware there's currently some interesting controversy between him and the rest and the game day people. But mm-hmm. one of the other people at ga- game day, uh name was Nico Flores. Nico Flores is another power the 74 kg power lifter who streamed during COVID. And he's one of the co-owners of Game Day Barbell. He told me one day, he goes, imagine you're sitting there doing a leg extension. And he said, you're kicking your foot up. Now imagine when you're sumo deadlifting, you're trying to do that movement. And as soon as I did that, I pulled like 500 the next day. It was just that I was trying to the conventional pull it. And once I did that, I realized my squat style fits kind of was what's the word for it sympathetically with sumo deadlift to where i can squat heavy and deadlift heavy in the same week and i have problems Mm. but if i if i pulled conventional i was always having low back problems because no matter what i do to get to the bar i have to round my back to get there i cannot get low enough and tight enough to get it once i went sumo it just clicked and i mean i went from 540 is my best ever conventional at the garage gym competition in 2020. And then I went to my first powerlifting meet in 2021 and I pulled 540 as a fourth attempt state record. Um, you know, you're super heavyweight submasters state record in the state of Illinois drug tested. And I got that got record shirt for that mercury and, re- mercury and retrograde. <laughs> yeah yeah everything and then so i pulled i pulled 540 I went, and i pulled it and the judge looked at me and went that's fucking it and that was my fourth attempt i didn't expect yeah. to pull it because i i hadn't lifted in two months i had the meat scheduled and i got injured and i came back and just yoloed it and he and everything this is the problem i have by the way if you ever if you ever oh. hear ben rice i i will pr everything without lifting ben told us this yes This is a thing you do. You like to get injured, come back two months later in PR. (laughs) Yeah. So then I did my next meet and I pulled 600 as a fourth attempt. And there was an older dude who was there. He's always helped me as an equipped guy. Big guy looks like me, but like all gray. And I I, I pulled my third attempt and he comes hobbling back there. And he goes, did you do a fourth attempt? Yeah. He goes, what'd you put on the bar? I said 600. He goes, should have gone like 630. Pulled 600. It was easy. I was like, how the hell is this working all of a sudden? Mm-hmm. Then I went to rivals and I tried to pull six sixty six for the memes. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, I, I even made cu- custom emotes for rivals that are Gino's face with the fire in the background <laughs> and it's animated. So it moves. And I, and I had my friends spamming them in my Twitch chat, but no use. I, I ended up blowing the blood vessels in my eyes trying to do that. So, but yeah, sumo's gosh, you don't see enough fat guys doing sumo. Like what would Jesus pull sumo? Probably like fourteen hundred man's out here just killing it. <laughs> Eddie Hall is going to pull sumo next week based on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right, last one for all the marbles. Ooh, unpaid or underrated beard oil? Unpaid. I use it only when I want to feel fancy, but I don't notice the difference. I used it for about a year straight and granted it wasn't great stuff. It was just like that something Amish, honest Amish that you can get at Walmart. 
and I tried using the stuff, the, the, the Maestro's oil you can give it to Arnold. I use that. I don't notice a difference. I'll be honest, as a as another bearded man, I don't know what your beard care routine is. My beard care routine is I get in the shower, I run hot water on my bald head, and I have really oily skin, so I will shampoo my head, shampoo down the cheeks, shampoo into the beard, wash it out, and then just regular conditioning and call today. Like, I don't go crazy anymore. I, I was buying stuff, and I was like, I don't notice a difference. In fact, when I stopped oiling it so much and I stopped using special beard shampoos, my beard went from being about two and a half inches below my chin to where it is now mm-hmm. in two years of just not cutting it. And if I stand up, you can see on the camera for you guys, it just stops naturally. I have not touched this, anything other than the mustache with trimming in two years. And it just mm-hmm. stops at a nice flat edge. And I'm just like, well... If Walmart brand conditioner and shampoo, sometimes I'll even just use Axe the or the Axe body wash and just do that all across my head like a like a like a good old fashioned man. <laughs> Everything in one. I just don't see the point of it though. It looks, excuse me, it looks good when you have a good oiled, well maintained beard. I just too lazy. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. So I definitely shampoo and and oil my beard all the time. Um, but I think that um, I think mine might be a bit thicker. Like mine yeah. goes in a lot thicker up here. I don't, I have never grown it as long as yours, but that's mostly just because of my job and my wife. Like they don't like it when they get that long. Uh, if I did, it would be huge. Like it goes out and then down. And I've just opted out of doing that. Uh, I, I, I notice when I don't oil because it, my beard likes to steal all the moisture from my face. So like my face goes dry and then my beard just feels like, Hey, like literally like just, Hey, uh, but uh, yeah, somebody I, that, feels like- I don't wear cologne, right? I don't wear like scents or anything. It's the closest thing I have to a smell. And I like, I like nice smells. So I buy nice soaps. I buy nice beard oils because I want to be anointed. <laughs> so like I, I might, I'll bring a burrito. I'll bring one to the Arnold that literally just, it smells like trees. It smells like just being in the woods in a mossy tree. I fucking love that stuff. Like that's what I want to smell like all the time. So I use oils all the time, but that's just also, I don't like the smell. I don't like the feel of just like dry, fucking dusty hay and I get dandruff pretty quickly so I mean, I guess mine, it, to be honest mine does feel kind of like stringy hay but at the same time the only thing it felt like when I when I oiled it and I used like beard conditioners on it it felt like slightly less stringy hay it wasn't like a drastic difference yep. it wasn't like you see all the Garnier Fructis commercials and the women's hair looks all frazzled <laughs> and it's like oh it flows beautifully no my beard was like I'll have what he's beard. having no, no, we're not doing any of that. But like, you know, I have a boar hair brush. I have a, a ram's ram's horn brush. Like I have like things to make sure it doesn't get all out of hand. Um, yeah. But again, like I, I like having a beard. It's, it's not a small beard. I just got a yeah, trip. No, actually. It's funny. Last week, I think we talked about like the, the can versus, and then I immediately got a trim the next day. <laughs> like I took like two inches off and like brought it in. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, they're not for everybody, but I might find one you like. I might, and then the worst part is you got to order it from Canada. That's yeah, yeah. The Maestro's one I liked was kind of like a weird combination of vanilla and tobacco scent. I have that one. Uh, I might have that one. So they, it was weird. There was like one beard company walking around the Arnold, and um, they would like hand you like a sample. Yeah, They'd like here's yeah. a sample of our creams, and I'm like. Okay, thank you. And then the other one, I was like walking around on the Sunday and this, this, she had to have been 15. I don't know what she was doing there. She walked up and she's like, hey, and she handed me everything they had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, you've got a nice beard. Can you just like take this and maybe review it? And it was like the cream and the beard oil and the shampoo and the samples. And I was like, see, that's how you get attention at the Arnold. Just, you yeah, don't hand me a bomb that, was on, on that was on Sunday. They were they were gonna either have to take that back home with them or give it away. So yeah, you don't you don't <laughs> hand me the one with a mustache. You don't hand me the condom package of your yeah. like one cream. Like you go, hey man, you got a beard. Here's your stuff. Review it. No, it Actually, it turned out to be great stuff. Well, you know the sad thing for me is too. Like I said, I'm 38. I have a picture of nice. myself, my dad. Me, there's me, uh, my grandma, my dad, me, and my son. So four generations, and this was like 2019, right before COVID hit, like Easter 20 or Easter 2020. My beard is the same color as Keith's, just all one color. And then the last oh, two years, I've just oh, like man. been losing everything. And I go, don't even, just- don't even look at, look at, get you, okay, you can't see this because you're, you know, the in, the podcast people big white streak it's just pure white right here and pure white up here like it's yeah i'm I'm a ginger so i'm not gonna go gray i'm gonna go white or blonde and let's do it man let's become santa claus me and you both yeah i just said i just said you know what i could color it but i also did i'm not gonna go get a hair transplant because i'm losing my hair so Mm -hmm. why would i go color my beard because my beard's getting gray i mean i'm almost 40 so that means i'm like 90 percent done with life so we're working our way up there. <laughs> no, we're gonna we're gonna buy a red costume. We're gonna go down to the sick kids hospital, and we're gonna do our jobs. Yeah, I've got a Santa costume there. <laughs> I I, so I, I right did there. my I did my whole Christmas concert in a Santa costume, and then our Chris our town Christmas parade. I marched in a Santa costume with the kids, and then I was yeah. told right before it started, "Hey, just so you know, the event coordinators might come tell you you can't wear that because you're not allowed to dress like Santa because they have an official Santa Claus for the parade." Oh, the and official I, Santa I t- Claus is important. I looked. I looked at the guy who told me that, and I said. Tell them to come that to tell yeah. them to come take it off to my face. Take it off me. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the person look at me and it took like two steps towards me and they looked at the clipboard and walked away. Yeah. Just be like, just be like, I'm not I'm not Santa Claus, I'm 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 Fred Claus, so deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm Tim Allen. <laughs> uh well I think I think you passed. I think you did good. You, yeah, you, you earned the beans cool awesome. and all that stuff. Uh a couple yes. things came up I wanted to touch on while we uh, were going over that. Uh, I did get a new refer, uh, you know, uh, someone used our affiliate code for Barbell Rescue during the podcast. I think I oh, yeah. email came in at like 10 o'clock. So if anyone's not familiar, go ahead and, uh, you know, look, look look up Kim's company. Go buy a brush from Barbell Rescue. Use code unpaid and help us, uh, you know, put a little money in the coffers. Uh, the other thing, I don't remember what the hell it was. There was one more thing I wanted to. It was something that came up with all our topics of conversation, but. I do not recall what it was, so I'm just going to randomly uh, try to think about it. But 
Uh, we need to talk are, about poop to make up to keep. Yeah. Do you have a poop story that you wanted to share? <laughs> <laughs> I, I got made fun of for going to TwitchCon and flying out there with my bag of uh, psyllium husk fiber supplements because I was testing out to see if it did anything. And guess what? Literally didn't do shit. <laughs> it was just gross tasting and, uh, you know, not worth it. So I learned for 20 bucks, I learned. That it's, That's uh, about it. I'm not a poop person. No, you don't. You don't. You don't have to be. It's just. It's just been funny that we, we had like. Uh, like we didn't even coax. <laughs> we didn't even try to get Lou to talk about it last week, and he was just like, "Oh, I, I have one. I'll share." And I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, uh, so yeah. No, no poop story this week, guys. Sorry. Yeah, I just, I just tell Rachel, you know, I'm an, I, I have, I'm a perfectly normal man. I go poop seven, eight times a day. You know, just normal stuff. <laughs> <laughs> seven, eight times a day. Personally, I'm only at four times, but they're all two hours each. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's 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 about it's about intensity, not about quantity. <laughs> That's where I get all my show prep done. You know? <laughs> Actually, yeah. That, that is bugging me. I literally had like something that was a, a follow up on something you guys were talking about, but oh well. Uh well, I guess we can hand it over to you there, uh uh Minnie. Do you have anything that you you mentioned you mentioned a game or some questions for us? Well, I don't know. It might it might take a little bit, but okay. I don't know how much time you want under a half hour more than five minutes perfect okay so i would like to hit you with a little something it's not quite not quite unpaid or underrated but in honor of the the most underrated workout program to ever exist i have a 531 game for you (laughs) so we talked a little bit earlier about the wwe style walkouts and your own songs (laughs) for the five section Give me your five best Fuck lifting man, songs. I have to take fucking notes here. Any any five that you listen to regularly, it could be it doesn't have to be the best best, but just like if you had to put if your Spotify Wrapped popped up, what were your top five? Well, I can go because I can just bring up my lifting playlist. Okay, so most recently. John Wick mode uh, out of uh, like Castlevania. So there's a random techno thing out of John Wick that just gets my blood fucking going. Um, Firestarter by the Prodigy. I've added that one. Of course, that's a classic. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, and that makes me laugh. And I don't know if it's a lifting thing or if it just makes me laugh. It's called Pound Cake by the Thought Squad. It's really funny. It's just genuinely really funny. And it's very intense and chaotic and stupid for no reason. Um, so that one's on there. Uh, um, I guess it's just my lifting playlist. Uh, the Dare Muscle Men, but it's a remix called Muscles X Exclusive Holland. Um, I guess I can post a, a version of it. Um, but it's that hardcore European techno that's just like, like hammer. Is it very? Is is it like reminiscent of DJ Muscle Boy? No, no. Even hardcore European uh, Eurobeat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is, is it going to be the kind of Eurobeat that I might need to almost borderline roll up in like a Ladakar with a ski mask on, like borderline Russian Eurobeat? Yep. Yeah. Actually, the first time I heard this, re- so the original is stupid intense this remix gave me heart palpitations the first time i heard it and 
the one time we were sitting in the car, okay, my wife was in in the store and it was me and the two kids and this song came on and I was like, guys, you want to dance? We all were just so chaotic and bouncing. The whole car was moving and people were walking by going like, what's wrong with all of you? But it's just like, like it's insane techno. Um, and then of course, like I have my random Viking music. So there's a song called, um, Boozla's band by Heilung. Um, when I deadlift, yeah, when I deadlift, I preferred Heilung. Like if it's a heavy single or something, I really need to focus on. I prefer the Heilung style repetition, droning, uh, drumming and chanting. I don't like this crazy heavy metal and all that shit because like it's yeah that's energetic stuff but i want my deadlifts to be centered not external so uh, maybe that's why i'm a shit deadlifter i don't know but those are my five <laughs> yeah it's a good good group what you got keith uh well my the you know tanner's favorite song sale by by by, by uh you know for the awol nation uh that, that's yeah. definitely been in there um probably a little uh so, like, because I have three country ones, I'm going to put in there. They're going to, you know, piss people off. But if I have to go with my other, I want to stick with all those. So, I guess I'll go Custer by Slipknot. That's been a that's been a big one for fuck, the last like fuck, t- me up and ten, got, yeah, got, got me up. Fucking, fuck, and I like fuck, I'll start like strategically like take a set like right when it like hits like the fucking you know the the heavy part sometimes. Uh, and then I've been listening to a like you know well you know if anyone's been following me for even the last few years, keeps the wolves away by Uncle uh, Lucius. That's that's my jam. Um, the two newer songs I've been listening to a lot are uh, "Fast Hand" by Cody Jenks and then uh, "E" by Matt Mason. Both songs similar to the "To Keep the Wolves Away," where they basically just tell a story. It's kind of like a pretty deep story to some extent. You know, it's not like your typical like you know it's not not gonna be songs at least I don't hear on the radio. So just songs that kind of just. I don't know, make you make make me feel something, I guess. And I just I need songs like that every now and then. And I don't know. I just I've I've never yeah. more of a country kick in the gym, but like certain songs. I'm not gonna listen I, to like like new songs really, but so I have a thing for you, Keith. Yeah. This is a challenge a little bit for you. So you mentioned Sale by AWOL Nation. Uh try Sale by Devil Driver. Oh I, yeah, they're they're both on my playlist. I Okay. Just, I I I like them both, but I also like... I, so, have you heard the Country Heroes album by Devil Driver? Probably not. I yeah. can't imagine. So, Hank 3's on it. They do a lot of country songs, but with a, like they do it in metal. Okay. So, maybe this, maybe this is where you and I meet. Yeah, I could. I, <laughs> yeah, send, me that, send me that later when I'm lucid and I'll... Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe this is where you and I, 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 we do the the metal country meet there because I could see that. Yeah. All right. So now we're moving on to the three. So I, we talked about less, less pressure with three. Yeah, less pressure with three. Three is way straight up my alley because you do not get to be four hundred pounds of large meat mountain without some of this. Your three most underrated meals pre workout. Anything you want, anything you think of that you could eat, or if you prefer to drink, drink before pre-workout that is underrated 
by most people. Like pre pre workout, we know everyone's going to drink pre. You know, someone's going to drink protein before because they think they need to get that window in or something. But something you would eat that you don't think everybody would know about. I don't know. So I, yeah, I don't. I actually don't eat very often before my workouts. Um, if I wow. had to say my ideal pre workout, it's going to be some nitric oxide. So we're going for that, you know, that um, build fast formula boner. Um, I don't usually take caffeine. I'll have a coffee in the morning. Like on a day off where like I have the luxury of working out when I want to. This would be my ideal day. Okay, I wake up in the morning and I have a coffee. And maybe I have a hard boiled egg. Like maybe. I don't want anything I'm going to burp up while I'm working out. So I don't have bacon. I don't. Are you peeing right now? I don't. <laughs> <It's only. laughs> I don't think I have a jug small enough. <laughs> uh, obviously, you guys can't see this, but that was a really funny question. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like maybe I'll have a hard boiled egg. I don't like bacon. I don't like spicy stuff. Sometimes I'll ask Morgan to make me an egg. She'll throw in chilies or something. And I'm like, you can't do that. I'm going to burp that up the entire time. So like ideally, I actually don't eat before most of my workouts. Um, maybe some oats. And the nitric oxide for the pump. Because the pump is, to me, I don't like, I very, I very much regulate my caffeine in a day. Today, I've had more caffeine than I have had in three or four days because I don't like more than 300 milligrams a day. So today, because I was so tired, I had an extra 180 that I don't usually have. So I try and keep it under 300 on a bad day, 400. But didn't egg some oats. I don't like bacon before I work out. That's stupid. And if you do, good for you. But no, I'm not into that. Keith, what he got? For me, it's more about timing. So, like my my my, you know, I work out the same time. Pretty much, like you know, I work out at nine thirty every Sunday for the last ten years, and I work out when I get home from work, uh, Monday and Friday or Tuesday and Friday. But my times I get home from work vary between two thirty and five thirty. So if I'm if I'm home before three thirty, I'm probably going to go just right down to the gym, and then I'm just like still still full from lunch. If if I get home after four, I'm probably going to eat a super super early dinner. Uh, and then just wait a half hour and then go eat. I don't necessarily, I'm not going to auto-regulate really what I'm eating necessarily. Like I'm just going to eat. I just either, I need to eat within a, a couple hours to like no, no sooner than a half hour or no farther out than like three hours kind of sort of. But I don't like, oh, I have to have this exact amount of carbs or whatever. Uh, if I'm at a meet, you know, uh, I mean, I wouldn't even say underrated because everyone eats peanut butter and jelly. But yeah, I pack peanut butter and jelly and then like, you know, some kind of protein. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I have a magic answer to that. I just, I eat the same breakfast on Sundays, which is typically, I mean, sometimes I'll do eggs, but more often than not, it's just my, 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 uh, premier protein cereal with some almond milk. And I don't know, I don't like change in variety. Uh, I definitely like today, today I had a really shitty day at work yesterday with some drama. So I kind of treated myself today to like a, a, a greasy lunch. And I was like, well, I could either do it today or tomorrow. But I really don't want to try to deadlift after eating like a big steak sandwich and a bunch of chicken fingers and a, like, mm-hmm. a gallon of ranch. So like, let me eat that tonight. And then tomorrow I'll just eat my regular, you know, normal chicken uh, and then go into deadlifts without fucking bubble goods. Yeah, I guess it must just be a thick boy thing because my first powerlifting meet I went to, I brought like uh, two foot long loaves of bread sandwiches and ate those. Um, 
my la- my 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 first USPA meet the day before I weighed in, I went out. I had all you can eat sushi and ate three other fast food places. Then the morning of, I went and got like four sausage mix or sausage uh, muffins on the way to to the meet. You know, I, one time here on my birthday, I dressed as a hot dog and ate three pounds of hot dogs while deadlifting. Mm-hmm. And so, it must just be a big guy thing. We, you know, I I I will eat whatever. I will eat the worst food today for lunch. Yesterday for lunch, I had four McDoubles and a large fry. And then today oh, I had two big dogs and a large fry. If you want to talk about what I'm going to eat the day before a big yeah, the, lift, yeah, that's a different points. conversation. Uh, I don't like chicken wings on the day before I have big lifts because I get heartburn, but I will eat the shit out of McDonald's all day, every day. Oh, yeah. Not the day I lift because as a person with a beard, when I eat a Big Mac, I taste that Big Mac all fucking day because <laughs> it gets stuck in my beard and my mustache. <laughs> But the next day, I know I have the calories, the sodium, and the carbs to go and lift the crap out of stuff. I mean, whenever I, whenever COVID hit, that was probably the strongest I ever got quickest because I'd wake up and I'd eat breakfast and take a nap and then wake up and lift. Yeah. And every day, I would eat like two cups of rice and a dozen eggs and like a half pound of bacon or sausage and then go, go back to sleep for an hour or two, then wake up and then go lift. And I'm like, oh, I feel great. A dozen eggs in one sitting? Bro, I'm on a full Gaston diet whenever I was there. I would just take a dozen eggs. <laughs> Gaston when I was a it. lad, I ate five dozen eggs every uh, morning. I know, me too. I eat so many eggs. <laughs> uh, one, thing but, yeah. that I do, one thing I have to do is that I, I will never do a meat without eating chicken parm the day before. Like that, I don't think I ever, if, if I ever have, it's been like one out of like the dozen meats or something. So always going to have oh, chicken parm combo. before me. I can't, that's can't good. Not that do a, good. I can't not do a chicken parm of some sort. At the lift hard live easy though. I'm going to eat some chicken wings and then go lift and yeah, throw yeah. up. I'm going to throw up on that platform. Let's do it. This is I mean, on the NP. Let's, let's triple on the platform at the lift hard live easy. <laughs> The, the the last meet I did, I, I'm sitting down waiting for deadlifts, and I'm just jamming out to some ska music. I mean, I'm the kind of person that everyone else is like screaming, and I'm up there like skanking to the music, just going. And then Damn. this person goes, this person comes up, and they go, "Hey, I got a giant tub of Rice Krispie treats. You want some?" And I was like, "Hell yeah, yeah, so I'm yeah!" Like trying to get the Rice Krispie treat off my hand so I can chop <laughs> my hands to go lift. <laughs> All Somebody right. feed it to me. Somebody feed it to me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, I don't care. I, I got chalky hands. Eh, little chalk. You it's like just, it's tacky. It's tacky you know, at that rate. You know, I just had the image of like, you know how Dave does the flames, obviously. Like some of the guys up there are going to have so much alcohol still in their system. Could you imagine like someone like, like I mean, I don't think scientific is possible. If someone like burped or something and like there was still that much alcohol in their system that it just made the flame get bigger and they fucking caught themselves on fire. That's just a Ramstein. It's just a Ramstein concert at this point. Yeah. Don't let Huck in there. It'll look like, but it'll look like uh, Joe Dirt when he hits the uh, nuclear bomb with the firecracker. Uh, on on let's get super this morning. Finn did mention that, like, well, because you know everyone's always asking when he's going to do another competition. He did say he either he was either going to do a competition that he was going to compete at Lift Hard Live Easy or a meet before that. I probably I, I doubt yeah. either of those will actually happen because that's just the running <laughs> joke. Because Huck will never compete again. But that would be cool to meet him. You know, to actually have him well, not meet him again and have him come out to Aberdeen. But we'll see. Yeah. All right. Last one. This is the one. This is the final. This is. The be all end all of every lifting podcast. What is your number one most underrated 
lift accessory, like or accessory lift. I mean, like if you had to pick a lift that you think helped somewhere the most, but it's not one that you see people doing it on TikTok and Instagram. What would you think is your favorite helpful accessory lift? I got one. Uh, b- uh, board pressing. I love board pressing. Uh, I use my bench block. Um, and I uh, like, I mean, the, the two board, the three board, the four board, the five board, they all feel different and have different things. And like, we'll, you know, basically get heavier. Like right now we just started a wave, like my, I'm meet seven weeks out or eight weeks out. So we did, we started with a two board and we're going to progress right up to the meet where I'm touching probably like, I gotta actually talk to my coach. I'm not sure if we're gonna go to like if we're gonna cap it at a three or if we're gonna go to four to a five. But either way, I'll be doing like fifty pounds more than my bench. Like just you know unracking, you know partial range of motion, locking out, but just completely annihilating my triceps. I always tell people like it's a such a different tricep pump. Like my my triceps, like they're not pumped, but they I I, I know I've put it in words better before, and I'm like I'm, I can't really think of how I say it now, but it's a, it's such a different feel. Like they're completely annihilated. But it's not like from doing like 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 three sets of fifteen on a tricep extension. It's just such a different feel. So if anyone's ever been on the fence about just trying a bench block or board pressing, either I don't know as an accessory on my one of my second or third bench day, and just going super fucking heavy with them, and it's just so much fun. Nice. I have a bench block over there. Maybe you might have talked me into actually using it for once. I love it, dude. <laughs> uh, that's the hard thing too. Is people were like, "Well, how do I program?" And I was like, "I don't know. That's why I fucking pay someone to, to program it. It's an accessory. I don't really. It doesn't only matters a little bit. Like I wouldn't. Uh, it, it's 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 it's. I do it after deadlifts on bench day. Sometimes during meat prep. Uh, and it's like, and my coach knows how much I like it. So we kind of only he does kind of save it for preps. So like we're not doing it a bunch in the off season because I don't want to do the same fucking accessories for twelve months. So it's just kind of you know throws it in for a few months in meat prep gotcha very cool what, what about you joey what do you do that you find works what's your secret what's your super secret uh sandbag rose sandbag rose. i dipped the barbell rose passed on those and i started using my sandbag with the handles to do my bent over rows uh my back grew my deadlift grew my stabilization grew um I think a couple of people on Instagram said, no, that's a bad idea. It's not going to work, but it, it worked for me. I don't know why, but it's my, it is my favorite version of my back workouts. I I can't do T-bar rows that they're boring as shit, but picking up that sandbag up to my chest and putting it back down is fantastic. And my back is not small. <laughs> like it's, it's, it's a, it's a deadlifters back for sure. And I think that is the one where I just started using the sandbag instead of the barbell to do those chest rows that I think made the difference for me, for my lockouts. Now, how heavy do you have the bag loaded? Uh, It's a hundred pounds right now. I've got a 150 pound bag, but it doesn't have handles. That's the problem. Makes that one a little harder. Yeah. Uh, So that one I just use for carries or just cleans, but, um, like for repetition, it's definitely been those sandbag rows. And so in comparison, whenever you did barbell rows or T-bar rows, what is or is your weight you would normally row About the that? same. About the same. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but the sandbag, Very for cool. some reason, just was more fun, more interesting. And like, it's not as even, right? Like barbell, yeah. like the barbell, I'm not, I'm a nobody, right? I don't know. I don't know shit. I'm not like a trainer or anything. Who? Yeah, the barbell is 
it's a certain kind of evenness. It's a certain kind of like, I have my feel. You guys have talked about this before that like, I don't like the way this feels. I don't like the way that feels, blah, blah, blah. Sandbags, you don't get that shit. You don't get to do that. A sandbag is a sandbag. You get to lift it and it's uneven every time. So I do feel like those sandbag grows have... It, it it's never the same. Each rep is different because stuff shifts. And of course, I have pea gravel. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> but like things go a little different every movement. And I do feel like that that has contributed a lot to my deadlifts. Very cool. That might be something. I, I, I was for a while, whenever I was trying to recuperate this wrist injury, I have a 70 pound slam ball. Mm-hmm. And I was just doing that to see if I could even grab something with my hand and just doing that as like a road in a chest. And, but I have to see about getting a sandbags. I've never had one. I've always kind of wanted one. Well, you can do, um, uh, scans has one that he's got the, uh, the inclusive sandbag. Uh, he's got a code for those. Um, I use one, uh, from out West here, God, if I can remember the name, that would that would be nice. But I also have a Bells of Steel one. That that the Bells of Steel one is the one with the handles. That's kind of the one that I use the most because the handles, like yeah. y- you can use those for throwing, for tossing, for carrying. A little easier to like do the the sandbag walks with the handles because you can like tuck them under your wrists, but then you fall on your face when you put them down. No, that didn't happen to me. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> that would be my one. That would be my one is the sandbag girls oh, for sure. Very cool. Yeah. It's always nice to hear because everyone has something different they're working on and something different that works for them that doesn't work for somebody else. Yeah. Like there's somebody out there who does, you know, Bulgarian split squats legitimately. And there's those of us who just skip them. No, I've and never so- done one in my life. Hate them. Yeah, I looked at it and I said, I don't think that's going to happen, Chief. I'm going to fall over every time. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, it's, it's nice hearing what that works because lifting for me has been 100% about watching what other people do, trying it, and seeing what works. Mm-hmm. And if it works, keep it. If it don't work, try something new. Makes sense. All right, that's it. Guys, you did awesome. Thank you for the great awesome. that was... answers. I'm going to have to listen to some of these songs that I don't know, some uh... ones I'm not familiar with. I liked uh, I liked your game. That's the uh, we've we've had some very unique things, po- you know, uh, thrown at us, and that was I like the uh, the Jim Windler uh, take on that. That was <laughs> yeah, really, that, was, that, was, that was really was good. Actually, that was very really fun. Nobody's well done that thought to us. Out. I dig it. Uh, I think we might be able to start bringing this in for a landing. Uh, yeah. You're still wearing your fucking orange glasses. I'm driving down to Rochester and I'm going to break those goddamn things. It's all right. Uh, you know, who's probably not driving to Rochester because he's too busy getting haircuts is your buddy, Big Matt. I can't believe he did that. I can't believe he went from feral to domesticated within a matter of seconds. Yeah. It's all right. We'll get him. I, I just lost my hair naturally. I mean, I couldn't imagine getting rid of it. Like on purpose. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like we're me and you, maybe we're like, oh, our hairline kind of sucks. Let's start shaving her head. And Matt's like, my hairline's great. Still gonna cut it. Like dick move. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. standing us up for you know thirty nine weeks in a row, but you know, potato, potato, potato. I guess. Hey man, Some he's got an open invitation. Different. He's got an open invitation. He'll show up whenever he feels like it. 
I don't even know. Like, I'm so annoyed. Like, I, I don't even, does he even deserve like a drunk Keith that fucking pounders or uh, whatever bar we're at going? So, got big Keith here and, you know, interviewing someone on, on, on our Instagram stories. Uh, I think that's all he deserves. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what it. happens. We'll see what happens. You won't be drunk. You won't be drunk. You're going to be so I will not so, be drunk. Yeah. Honestly, I'm not. On the not, Thursday, I'm, you're going to be so scared of being drunk. I'll drink. I'm because drink I won't worry. Years total really, Thursday and yep, Friday. Yep. Yep. And then Friday, yeah, like, oh, well, I don't want to be drunk for tomorrow because, like, yeah, you're, more worried, you're more worried about your numbers than you are <laughs> having fun. Um, man, I can't be hungover. I will be. Yeah. If, if I'm hungover, I'm not even going to leave the hotel room. I'll just be like, I'll, I'll see you guys at the. Called the fuck Saturday. out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to be hungover as shit. Do you think I'm going to have it? Do you think anybody's going to let me not drink Thursday and Friday? <laughs> you have to not show up. Uh, Right, so I think we hit all our affiliates. Uh, yeah, uh, Obsidian, Barbell Rescue, Plate Snacks, Home Gym Con. Uh, use code UNPAID. It'll save you on all of those, and it'll help put a little money in our pocket so we can give back to the community here. So appreciate that. Anyone that'll uh, order from us. Uh, Instagram, you can find us at Unpaid and Underrated Podcast, as well as the website, more importantly, where Nate puts all his time and effort uh, on there, at unpaidinternpodcast.com. And the fucking well. orange, and the fucking yeah, glaze. glaze search. Search is, uh, Calm down. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of. I was kind of worried he was dead this week because I didn't get any updates on like <laughs> a new added feature to Glaze Search. So, like Nate, are you okay, buddy? Like text us when you uh, are listening to this. Let us know you're okay. You guys, sick kid. <laughs> Big Vinny, where, 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 where are they going to find you at? On the uh, where, where, where you they want you to, where you want them to find you? Oh, Instagram at mini action Jesus, twitch.tv slash miniature action Jesus. And if I ever get a chance to even bother figuring out how to do video editing, I do have a miniature action Jesus YouTube channel. Right now, I cannot figure out how to do this because I am at that borderline boomer zoomer range where I know how to use technology enough to know I don't know how to use technology. Nice. Well, go go look him up there. Uh, I am Big Keith. You can find me at Keith Honeycutt seventy three. Go follow my orange shim at the No Wine Cellar and Big Joey over here. I'll tell you not to follow him in a minute. <laughs> no, like follow me. It's boring as shit. Like I post nothing. I know a weird thing about Instagram, and I think they pointed this out the other day that like I didn't post anything for like two weeks, and my followers went up. Yeah. And then I posted a selfie. And it went down. Like I don't understand Instagram. Am I ugly? And you hate? I think it's just bots, dude. Like I, my my my, my count like will it. fluctuate ten people every week, and like I'm not getting real followers. I'm just losing fake followers, or people do the whole, you know, they follow a thousand accounts to hope that a hundred follow them back, and then they fucking unfollow everybody. Like that's, yeah, that's like like a legitimate thing. So I don't know. Maybe anyway. Uh, at Joey underscore MLECZKO, but just follow the podcast and you'll eventually find me maybe it's not so true anymore all right boys we'll see you next tuesday Uh